welcome to the 315th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 18th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's giving an extra 10%, Carlos Rodella. Oh, I'm going to give 25%. 25%. You're a big tipper, sir. Yeah, and I'm going to maybe even 50% as the show goes along. I don't know how many I'm going to give. Wow, that's a lot. By the way, what I, is this percentage of? <laughs> it's your skit. You're talking about the, you just put out a comedy skit that I watched, and it was about the new tipping thing oh, at Starbucks, right? Oh, I thought you meant I was going to give an extra 10% for this podcast. I mean, you can. It could be that. It's a multi-directional illusion uh, uh, there, but I yes. think it was more towards... 10% as in like a tipping 10% or something like that. Yes, right? I did just do a sketch at Starbucks about the new tipping because it's arrived at most of the locations where on the actual, you know, use your debit card or your credit card, you can actually tip now on the card, which makes it easier than just having cash. Yeah. Um, but it's also super awkward because you're like lots of time just like staring at the barista in their face like, um, I'm just going to pick this button now. So it's awkward. It's, so yeah, I made a sketch. About it. I mean, I, I haven't done the Starbucks. I don't really ever go into a Starbucks anymore. I'll do a drive through once in a while, but that's about it. But like, there's other places where they give you the receipt, and then it's like, how much tip do you want to put on? You got to put on there inside and give it back to them, and then like they see right there how much you tipped them, which yeah, is really awkward. That is true. There's a lot of like at tablets, you know, and you flip it around, and you're like, yep, yep, and they're gonna flip it back and see it, you know, and you feel awkward. So yeah, yeah it's weird. But then again, who's got cash, dude? I haven't carried cash. I, I can't even remember the last time I had more than like a dollar in my wallet or something. Like, I just don't do cash anymore. Do you? Well, I have in the past because of um, the bus. So when I take the bus, because I have to still take the bus sometimes, um, you know, you, you get out cash for it in case you're like short. Sure. Also, I, there's a in Seattle, there's a Orca card, which is just like yeah. card you use to go on all the transit. But oh, sure. even that runs out sometimes. You know, yeah, you got to load it up with value. Yeah. And like, say you take in a transfer and now it's an hour, two hours later or whatever. And, you know, it doesn't have any more in the card. Sometimes you have to give them an extra dollar or so. Yeah, so I always true. have like just dollars around. Um, and But yeah, now just actually this morning, I tipped my first Starbucks on the card. Oh, man. Well, that's weird. You know, I I, I tip people and stuff. I mean, this is a whole long, larger discussion that we really don't need to get into right now. I mean, just but in a nutshell, I feel like. Uh, we should not pay people who are in service industries less than a minimum wage because tips should not be part of their regular salary. They should earn a livable wage. And if they get tips on top of that, great. I have no problem with that. But we should not pay them slave wages, which is what we currently do. So fuck right. that. Which is, by the way, the whole thing of that uh, sketch that I did. Exactly. is up on all the platforms now. And I actually put a shorter version up on YouTube. It's basically the employees just like, um, or the priest is like, yeah, yeah, we just got minimum wage. Like we used to not even make that. Yeah, uh, which, which is, is which is ridiculous, which yeah. is ridiculous. So anyway, we can do a whole podcast on that, uh, but we're not going to do that today. Today is a games podcast. And folks, just a heads up, this is going to be a little bit different than the normal show, just because I feel like we've got a lot of stuff other than games to talk about or game peripheral game related. And I, I have a lot of really exciting stuff I really can't wait to crack into. We are, of course, going to do a full slate of games, but just be prepared. Um, that we're probably going to spend a little more time in housekeeping than we normally do, probably spend a little bit more time on one more thing before we go uh, than we normally do. So if you're not a fan of those things, just heads up, maybe skip forward or whatever. Um, but if you like that stuff, well, then you're in luck because we got a lot of it today. Yeah, it'll probably be like 15, 20 minutes you can skip ahead. We're just saying in advance. We don't know how long we're going to talk yeah, for. Yeah, roughly. But yes. I have like at least three games I'm really excited about to talk about. So 
That's on there too. Oh, that's like the sound that says, I'm really excited. We're really excited. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Yes. I apologize. I have to leave my phone on uh, because I, my job sometimes has to call me and sometimes it's an emergency and I have to answer right away if they call. So I can't turn my ringer off. But it's hopefully fine. no one will call for the rest of the show. Or just every time it rings, we just say, we're really excited. We're really Opa! excited. Ding, 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 ding. Hey. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, good. All right, folks, let's get into housekeeping. Uh, starting things off, you all know that Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duck. It is housekeeping on my side. The most stuff I think I've ever had. What is your side looking like, Carlos? Yeah, I walked in and I was like, why are both sides of the house very full? It's like hoarders in here, dude. Yeah, we got to get rid of some stuff. Well, let's do it. All right, let's do it. You want to go first um, or want me to go first? I'll go first with just a couple of little small boxes. Actually, I think you have more boxes this time, which is crazy. Oh, which is nuts. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I was on the Ease train going back and beating some of those Ease games. Yes. Uh, I did beat Ease 8, which I think I talked about on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Finally. Long time coming. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it only took me like five years. There you go. You got and there. Then, you got um, there. I did get there. And I had started Ease uh, Memories of Celseta mm-hmm. or Celseta. And I was like, okay, now I'm on this train. Let's beat all these games. So I went back, and I realized I was halfway through that game, which is pretty oh, far. Oh, no, really? Okay. Well, for me, that's like do- that's doable because I really did like that. It has actually a very similar gameplay to 8, where it's like an action RPG, just run around, hit things. Yeah. So I'm like kind of picking it up every week and seeing if I can get through it. I just want to mention that. Right on, right on. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, also, the Witcher update came out. Yes, it did. Um, uh, high-res graphics, PS5, Xbox Series X version of the Xbox, uh, The Witcher 3, which you and I both play like 200 plus hours of. Loved it, loved it. I think we mentioned when we heard about the update that we both wouldn't go back. Probably not. I think I still won't. I haven't downloaded it, but it is tempting. I think about it every once in a while because um, The Witcher 3, uh, I mean, I don't think it's an overstatement to say it's one of the best games of all time. Uh, uh, and my personal, it may be, it very well may be my favorite game of all time. Um, it's, I feel like, I feel like it kind of is, dude. I feel like it kind of is. Um, so I imagine at some point, like maybe when me and my wife like retire and we're living in a little, um, tiny home in my kid's backyard and we're feeding chickens and I got nothing. (sighs) We've watched all our shows and I caught up on all my books and I got nothing else to do. Maybe I will go back and dive into Witcher 3 again. My wife was also a huge fan of it as well. We both put in more than 200 hours. Maybe I'll replay it at that point. But man, I just, it's like you. You have your canon playthrough and then that's it, you know? And I've I had such yeah. a wonderful time with it. Uh, I love it so much. And, uh, and to be perfectly frank, I mean, I thought it looked fine when I played it. I don't remember really having a lot of visual complaints. And so the idea that it looks somewhat better isn't really something that I was like jonesing for. So I think I'm okay with my, my very, very, very fond memories right now. Yeah. I think I'm similar. Also the time that you just explained is like a million years from now. Um, you know, that present where you're like just chilling. And I mean, I hope it's a million years from now. Time shows. is going by really quickly though. So I'm afraid it's going to be here it's before true. I know it. It's next week. Oh Jesus. Um, but I would say this, there is some new content. Uh, something small like a quest, an actual quest though that you and I both haven't played, uh, uh, and it's based on the TV show. It's like something you can like get a new weapon, and there's actually a story. I mean, is it like a hundred hours in, or I, I don't even remember the buttons. At I don't this know point, where it is. You know? Like I don't yeah, know I don't that know. that would get me in, but it probably wouldn't. I'm just saying it's one extra thing. So yeah, I probably won't either. 
Um, and then I just wanted to quickly mention that uh, for our younger players and for families, it looks really cool. There's a game called Rainbow Billy. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. That came out uh, yeah, a while ago, like last year or something, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it just it just made its like uh, console release, I think. It was on, it was maybe on it was PlayStation. On it was on PlayStation. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah, we covered it on a PlayStation a while ago. Why is it popping up everywhere now? Is it on okay, sale well, anyways. or Or they have DLC, maybe? No, and maybe it's just now on Xbox or something, Possib- which would be yeah, funny. Yeah, that's possible. That's funny, because, you know, you who's know. had it before Xbox? Anyways, yeah, just check it out. It just seems like a, a nice, lighthearted, like, RPG light yeah. for younger younger people. Yeah, so. yeah, I played a few minutes of it, and I thought it was pretty neat. It wasn't what I was in the mood for at the time, but I think you're dead on with your recommendation. I think anybody who's uh, younger or who wants something kind of lighthearted, uh, it's not all light, but I think in general it hits kind of uh, in that zone. So good call, good call. Yeah. All right, I have just a couple more boxes, but go ahead and, and open up some of yours because, Jesus, too much oh, in here. Oh, man. Okay, so let me do a couple small ones then. So I just heads up to people who like Vampire Survivors, which I believe is both you and me, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. They just came out with their first, I, maybe first DLC. I know they were doing a bunch of, like, add-ons when it was still in early access and stuff, but now that the game is officially, like, quote-unquote done, uh, and it's, you know, I don't know, 1.0 or whatever it is, uh, they have a brand-new DLC. It's called Legacy of the Moon Spell. It's the insane price of two whole dollars. Wow. So brace yourselves, folks. But apparently it adds, I guess, one level, which is supposed to be, this is ridiculous. It's supposed to be 15 times larger than the largest level in Vampire Survivors. And I don't know about you, Carlos. Uh, You know, there's a couple like vertical levels and stuff. But when you're in the wide open levels, I don't think I ever hit the end of any of those levels. No, they're so massive. You just keep going in one direction. It, it almost feels like infinite, right? And I just yeah. So whatever, it's infinity times fifteen. Uh, so that's already large. Uh, but they also add like a ton of new characters and stuff. And I think there's some new challenges. I believe all the characters, if I'm not mistaken, are like samurai themed kind of things. I believe I took a really quick look at the uh, the the PR release. Uh, they sent me a code, but I unfortunately didn't have time to get to it. Maybe I'll bring it up next week. But they, I did want to get the word out there. So if you like Vampire Survivors, and I think everybody basically likes it. I don't know that I've ever met anybody who didn't like it. Um, definitely one of my top 10 this year for sure. $2 DLC, Legacy of the Moon Spell. You want another reason to go back to it? That's a great reason to go back to it. Dude, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I want to buy it. Yeah. I mean, again, DLC for $2, ridiculous. Yeah. That game is just super relaxing, actually. Weirdly enough, it's kind of meditative, I think I've said oh, before. Oh, yeah. That's def- agree. Agree. You just get in a flow state, and fuck yeah, dude. All right. So there's that. Let me do a couple of shout-outs here. Uh, my good friend, Matt Weiss, uh, who used to write for Game Critics, and then he went on to become, I want to say, a professor at MIT, I'm pretty sure. Uh, doing some game design stuff, game lab stuff. Real smart guy. I love Matt. He's a great guy. Uh, he recently wrote an article which ran at Vice. Uh, it's called, uh, what is the exact title? The Horror That From Software Lost Between Demon Souls and Elden Ring. So he's definitely a Souls guy. Uh, his favorite game of the whole series is Demon Souls. And I got to be honest, I think it kind of still is mine as well. He wrote this really long article, which is great. It's really well done. It's really articulate. And it really captures a lot of the differences between Demon Souls and the rest of the series. And it goes into, you know, what Elden Ring does different and how the design scope and the values and like the, just the general concept and storyline of how Demon Souls holds together as opposed to the rest of the series. It's really great stuff. I mean, it's probably going to be better if you've already played a couple of the From games. I don't know that it would hit the same way if you haven't, but regardless, I think it's a wonderful article. Again, it's the horror that From Software lost 
between Demon Souls and Elden Ring. I think it's a great article, a really nice read. Get a little cup of coffee and just curl up and check it out. So Google that. You can also Google it under his name, Matt Weese, last name W-I-E-S-E. So check that out. Uh, and I, I feel extra honored uh, because he sent me this article and he said, hey, Brad, since you are the person who introduced me to Demon Souls, I feel like you should read oh, this. Oh, cool. So I'm very, uh, I'm very honored that he really took to it and he loves it as much as I do. And he's really been... Um, just banging that gong for a long time. So there's definitely some of us out there who really love FromSoft. And, you know, I love I loved Elden Ring just like everybody else. I put, you know, however many, hundred many hours into it. Uh, but there still is something very special and unreplicated about Demon's Souls. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, real quick, to that point, uh, two things. One, obviously, I kind of agree, even though, like, I like Elden Ring for what it is. It's a different experience because yeah. I did go back and play Demon Souls, even you know that newer kind of upred. Yeah, uh, yeah, up-red the PS5 version. Blue uh, Blue Point, Blue Point is that right? Yeah, yeah, Blue Point. Yeah, and they just killed it, and it was really, really fun and a different experience. You know, definitely small, smaller quarters. You know, uh, close quarter combat and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it is a different experience. But also, kind of a tangent about websites. Yeah, like I'm like I've always been, you know. Ringing the bell or ringing the gong? What does it mean when you're like promoting something? I mean banging the gong or ringing the bell. Banging both the them. gong is that both it? are yeah, fine. Yeah, know. both are good. Uh, I've been banging the gong for people reading. Obviously, reading's good. Reading is fundamental. Um, and also just websites because I, you know, uh, love the early era of '90s and and everybody having weird MySpace pages and Angel Fire websites. Oh, and stuff. Angel Fire! Oh my God, I haven't thought of I that just, in a million years. I know. I think about it all the time. I love that era. So. In this kind of weird thing that we'll talk on, touch on at the end of the episode, uh, people like leaving some of the sites like Twitter and looking for different types of content. I just think it's like, and maybe it could be a renaissance for people to go to websites and read articles again. Because I know for a lot of the people, they just want that short attention span sure. blurb. Sure. They'll even go and like look, scroll to the bottom of a review and just like get the number. Oh yeah, all the time. And get the fuck out of there, right? Um, but there is something to be said. Like I used to love, and I still do, magazines, and it's so hard to find them. Uh, Barnes and Nobles, I go to every once in a while and can get a bunch. But like I like magazines because it was that short form reading, right? You get, you definitely get more information than just like a blurb. Well, short form reading can, is like, now long form reading because the pace right. of life, right? Like now, if you read right. anything more than the headline, you're like, that's that's a, a lot of work. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah I don't want us to turn into idiocracy, which parts of us have already oh, well, had. That's too late for that. So I know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, with your friend's article, I'm just saying, like, go read that and you'll get something else out of it than just a fucking 140 characters. Right. You know? Right. So it's, it's my it's my plea for people to go read more on the online. I, I agree with that. I think reading is great. I feel like it's a lost art and I feel like we don't value reading the way that it should because it engages your brain in a different way. Kind of sure like does. the same way that. If you learn uh, another language, it kind of makes your brain think in different terms. You you perceive the world slightly differently. Every language you get gives you another set of eyes to look through. And I feel like that is also true for books. When you take information in in a book, it definitely engages your brain in another way that you're doing, not just from watching shows, not just from chatting to people or whatever, not just playing games. And so I think that's it's it's a very important thing. And I feel like, uh, you know, yeah, we may be right on the edge of idiocracy. So. Real quick, I'm, I'm, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, when you say books, books are even different than like short form reading, oh, sure. which yeah. I'm calling yeah. websites, because you do like if it's fiction, you know, you can lose yourself in a whole thing, right? Um, if it's like wait, nonfiction, I always fuck this up. Nonfiction <laughs> is uh, is yeah, nonfiction is like a lecture almost, like yes. you, you know, going kind of learning yeah. a bunch of stuff. Right. 
But you also do engage your brain a little differently than if it was a website oh, yeah, or yeah. A, a magazine. Agree. So those are different ways that people should engage your brain. Totally. All right. Totally agree. Tangent over. Well, let me. Uh, speaking of of reading, let me recommend a video because we're not going to talk about reading anymore. Uh, nice. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jordan Black. Uh, who is a person that I follow on Twitter, and they do a lot of really cool stuff, game-related stuff. Uh, they put out a video a while ago. I don't know how this came up, but the, we were talking about Condemned. Did you play? We talked about Condemned before, right, on Xbox 360? Yeah, creepy game or something. Yeah, first-person melee horror where you play a forensic investigator and it turns into the hunt for a serial killer. I don't play a lot of horror games, but that is one of my all-time favorite horror games. It is so good, uh, so interesting, and so different. And the final section of that game is probably one of the fucking scariest things i've ever played in my life um just mm. condemned is great uh but it went on to a sequel and the sequel just kind of went sideways i played the sequel i didn't like it as much as the first one they did some weird things that didn't quite come together and the series just kind of died i thought that series was really bound for greatness i thought it was going to become one of like you know like one of those like like a silent hill or resident evil i felt like we were really going to come back to it over and over they're going to keep building on it i felt like there was so much potential but it kind of just went away after condemned two bloodshot uh and jordan has created this video uh it's all about condemned 2 now you can't play condemned 2 anywhere the only where the only place you can ever play it now is either playstation 3 or xbox 360 it's never been ported anywhere it's not on pc it's oh. not on steam so it's kind of become like one of those lost games that kind of warrants a second look i kind of want to go back and take a look at it now i mean i'm not going to bust out my 316 set it up or anything but they did this entire documentary and the, the good thing about this documentary is just uh going further than most people do it's not just a look at the game but they look at the game and they also got in touch with all of the developers who were actually worked on the game they have all these interviews and quotes uh little zoom clips and stuff and they talk about why they did the things that they did like what went wrong what went right what they wanted to do and couldn't do and it's just a really cool video even if you um even like me, even if Condemned 2 wasn't your favorite game, I think it's a really cool documentary, really well done and really interesting stuff. And it also just kind of brings some spotlight back to Condemned as a series, which I think it deserves more than it got because I feel like it's a really, really cool game that just kind of, man, I felt for sure that was going to be a home run and it kind of just vanished. So that's a real bummer. Hmm. But anyway, uh, that's it's cool. called, uh, let's see, Condemned 2, a development documentary. And it's listed under YouTube under Dead Domain. So look for Dead Domain or the Condemned 2 Development Documentary. You'll find it on YouTube. It's by Jordan Black, and it's a really cool watch. So definitely check that out. I mean, I'll always watch any game documentary, like, in seconds. So yeah, it's I'm, really uh, cool. I'm on board. All right, what else you got? I got a couple more, but I want to turn it back over to you for a second here. Well, not too much. I just realized I wrote down Game of the Year, question mark, uh, just to tell our audience. When, when are we going to do that again? That's a good question. Um I don't know exactly. I feel like I don't want to do it until at least the last week of December, if not the first week of January, just so we can make sure we get all of the last minute releases in. I mean, does that seem like it makes sense to you? Yeah, I think that uh, I'm going to be gone a little bit. Uh, I'm letting you know in on the podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll, be I'll be gone a little bit in the beginning of January. Um, I'm going to see yes to do uh, a job. Then. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, it'll only be a few days. So, yeah, I think either the very beginning of January or like December 31st or something. Well, so we're at, sorry folks, doing our, doing our own internal housekeeping right here. So we're, we're doing housekeeping on the housekeeping. We're on episode 315 right now. That's what we're recording. That's what people are listening to. I'm looking at the show ahead of time. Uh, show 316 is, we're going to be recording December, I don't know, 24th, 25th, 26th, somewhere around Christmas, whatever we're available. 
I mean, we might as well do it then. I don't feel like there's a lot more stuff coming out this year. Is there anything that you're trying to get to before the end of the year? No, not really. I guess we could do it that next week, probably. Maybe then, next like, week. Maybe next yeah, week. Yeah, like on Monday or Tuesday. Let me. All right. Let me make a we'll note. We'll push then. it a little bit because obviously we're coming up on Christmas. So yeah, I think can't do it on Christmas. Might be a good good present for our listeners to get the GOTY show out around Christmas time. Because yeah, I'm looking ahead at the schedule. Uh, there's a couple things coming out, but I don't think anything that I was really like looking forward to or anything that I was like you know oh this might be a this might be a contender you know like nothing like oh. that. Oh, so, what? Yeah, well, to that point, yeah. um, not to cut you off, is that there are two main games that I wanted to play. Um, oh, three, actually. Okay. And this should have been in the housekeeping, so it's perfect timing. That you still want um, to get to? Yeah, because before the game of the year. One, obviously, is God of War Ragnarok for me. Yeah. Um, and I know we can't get codes. Nope. So I have to like somehow go do a freelance job to get enough yes. money for that. Thank you, Sony, you thin-skinned bastards. Damn it! Don't call them bastards. bastards. I love them. They are bastards. But I, but you're, but I'm associated with you, so I mean, yeah. Okay, anyways, well, number one, they're not, send, they're not going to send us a code anyway because we've already been cut off. I they might send Carlos a code. Nah. Maybe they they never even talk to me. I mean, I guess maybe. Nah, you can try it. I guess, but you know, it's <laughs> you said not. Nah, yeah, no, nah, because no, nah, they won't. Okay, so we're gonna, okay behind the curtain, folks. Behind the curtain. So yeah, we got burned. I mean, we got burned, and it was mostly me because I'm the editor of Game Critics, right? So if anybody knows you're associated with me, you're going to be guilty by association, right? And like, it sucks because Sony was so fucking weak, and they were so shitty and thin-skinned because we gave them a lower score than they thought they deserved, and they cut us off. And I think that's bullshit. Like, if you're not brave enough to take a couple less than eight scores i mean like fuck off dude like you okay what what year was that again it was i don't know what year it was for horizon zero dawn we gave them and and the original god of war that's what it was the original god of war if you go back i didn't even cover it it was mike susky that covered it uh game critics writer mike susky uh who's not been writing for us a lot lately maybe he'll come back but he's a great writer great guy uh he did not care for god of war very much and i did not care for horizon zero dawn very much and sony's like fuck you guys uh your score is too low we're not sending you any more codes ever you're cut off Okay, okay. So forever doesn't exist in the real. I mean, world. until so they get I'm a new thinking, PR runner, you know. The, that's what I'm yeah. saying. There's people that change jobs and stuff like that. So, anyways, so I want to play God of War Ragnarok, Dwarf Fortress. I know Dwarf you Fortress. have thoughts on it, but the new version is the Pent Ultimate. Is that what they call it? I don't know. Version and the fact that it's actually has graphics now, which it hasn't had. You know, true kind of like tile based graphics right. like ever. Right. Um, so this, that is the version if you want to keep playing it for like a long time. And then the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, I haven't played. Uh, I've never which played Stanley I love Parable. the Stanley never Parable. Played you Stanley never, Parable. what the hell? It's only ever been on PC, right? And t- is it on console now? It's on console. This is the thing. It's on everywhere yeah, now, I, I think. Gotcha. The Ultra Deluxe version. And it's great for someone who hasn't played it because this is the best version. Even though I played it and beat it, all those multiple endings, I'm going to go back because they said they added a ton of new content. So. Okay. Um, that is one of the smartest written, written games. It feels like Portal. It feels like all those games where it's like playing with you and breaking the fourth wall. It's fucking great. So, well, that's an interesting. Anyhow. That's interesting. I, you know, I'm looking at ahead. I'm looking at my top ten. I mean, there's maybe like two, maybe three games that I want to maybe get to before the end of the year. Maybe. Um, so there's there's still some time. Gosh, we'll see how it goes. If it feels like you still want to get some more time in, I still want to get some more time in. I wouldn't be opposed to pushing it back. Okay, we'll, we'll see. see. Let's take this it offline, boring. as this they say. This is definitely this. boring. boring. Sorry. Um, but I will say the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is on Switch. So I know that you 
basically live would there. that be a good place so. for it though i feel like maybe a bigger screen would be better for that probably anyways everybody should check it All out right. um so let's get into video games unless you have more boxes. oh i got more i got more dude i got more. oh geez like, i told Louise. you this is the most i've ever had dude I'm buried. Well, since we're talking about game of the year, and I hope, folks, you enjoyed your little peep behind the boring curtain there. Uh, this is our last call, our official last call for your game of the year submissions. We're going to be putting this game of the show, game of the game of the show year. No, 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 the game of the year show together soon, where whenever that is. And we still want your top three games of the year and your one disappointment or letdown, anything like that. So um, we got some email uh, submissions, which was awesome. We got a bunch of submissions on Twitter, which is also awesome. Uh, but you've got. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like one more week to go. By the time you hear this, you've got about a week. Get in your top three uh, of the year, your top three favorites, the best games you like, something you want to submit in in order if you can. Uh, and then also give us one bummer or a disappointment. Uh, but this is the official last call we're going to do. We're going to tally up the results and we're going to put our, our own picks together. And then we're going to put a big old bow on 2022. Yeah, and we read all these. Oh, like, yeah, we do. Right? Absolutely. So Absolutely, we do. Get him in. All right, so there's that. Uh, let's see. So speaking of putting a bow on things, uh, PlayStation wrap-up. Did you get your PlayStation wrap-up, Carlos? Oh, snap. I didn't uh, open it up yet. Oh, man. I thought you'd been all over that, dude. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. I'll do it on the show live. Okay. We'll do it live. Let's do it live because I've got – I mean, this is going to really – show in very stark contrast how much time i spend on xbox and how much time you spend on playstation it's going to be mind-blowing wait so now which uh where did it go to i was wondering i don't know i'm not in your mailbox is it is it on playstation i got an email that just said hey we've got your playstation wrap up i clicked the email button and it took me to psn and i logged in and then it showed me all the data oh my goodness gracious how have i not find this well you start yours and i'll look for okay So this is this okay as we as we've said many times over the course of this year this has been Xbox year for me Xbox and Switch is really where I've lived I haven't really gone to PSN for very much of anything my PS5 has been collecting a lot of dust so in the year 2022 so far uh, Sony told me that I have spent a grand total of 97 hours on my PlayStation 5 that's it 97 Whoa. hours that's like not even that's like one RPG. Uh, and of those 97 hours, 74 hours of that was Fortnite. So I played oh my goodness. 74 hours of Fortnite. You just use it as a Fortnite machine. It's a Fortnite machine. And I played 23 hours total of all other games combined. I only played my PS5 in the year 2022. I only played it 113 times. So 113 days out of 365. That means two thirds of the year. It sat untouched. Uh, I was online a grand total of zero times, played nothing other than Fortnite. So, like, no online co-op, like, with, like, other games with dedicated online modes or anything like that. So, zero. Big fat fucking zero there if you don't count Fortnite. And I played a total of 23 games uh, the entire year on uh, PlayStation. So, I'm going to be publishing a list of all the games I played in 2022. I kept a running list. Started January 1st. I'm going to end it December 31st. I'm pretty close to 300 games right now, uh, maybe a little bit over by the time the year's over. And of those 300-ish games, I only played 23 of those on PlayStation. Well, you are not on that system. That is a That's very small what's system. clear. Yes. My, my top five. Here's my top five games of PlayStation, which was interesting. Fortnite, oh, yeah. number one. Yep. Anno Muta- Mutation M. Oh, we both love we that both game. Love that and game. I didn't beat it. I didn't did beat it either. Beat it? I did not beat it either. Oh, I feel bad. Shame. So we like that one a lot. Darkwood, which I really liked a lot. Top-down, yeah. spooky, spooky game. 
Uh, Deathverse, the new PvP game from Let It Die, which I ended up really not Weird. liking. Didn't care for it. Okay. And finally, Warpips, which was kind of a real-time strategy game that I played for review. And it was really cool and fun, um, but that was it. So that's a really scattered, strange group of games, and it just goes to show how deep I am in the other platforms. So PlayStation yeah. did not get a lot of love for me this year. Well, this is perfect. I finally accessed You mine. find it. Okay, I good. Why, I didn't get the email, I bought you but time. I went to the page. Good. So you played 90-something hours? 97 hours the whole year. I played 662. Wow, okay. All right. That's a fuck ton of time. That's a lot of time. Um, it says also 570 hours was your total play time on PS5 games. So... 570 hours on PS5 games? Wow, really? And the rest was PS4? And the, and the 92 hours, which is your time, was just on PS4 right, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think what that means is so many um, developers have made PS5 versions of their right, game. Right, exactly. Right? Yep. So that's what happened. Uh, so I'm going to go back out to the titles. Uh, that's where you, you access, like, there's another page. Yeah, they right give you, for, like, four little mini pages. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to the, the other page. Doing this real time, I know, people. It's very exciting. Oh, it wants me to send them a code. What? Oh, I got locked out. No, okay, we'll circle back. Remember, we'll this circle for next back because I want to do this for next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, do it for next time. But in general, 662 hours versus your 92. I'm just on the system, and you're, you're yeah. Not. That's just just how it's breaking down this generation. So no worries. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, almost done with the housekeeping. Anything left for you before I go to my my last two bits here? No, I'm done. Okay. Um, I wanted to circle back. I know that we cut Midnight Suns really short last time because I had to go and do my treats a day with my family, which ended up being really cool and fun. Uh, got the tree, got the pizza. So treats achieved. That was great. Um, but we ha- I had to run out the door and we didn't really give Midnight Suns its full its full deep dive. Uh, we're not going to do a full deep dive now, but I did want to circle back really quickly and let people know. Wait, we didn't give it a full deep there dive? Was, you there talked was, for a while There was more it. I could say. I had a lot more to say. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, but I want people to know that I have been playing it basically every day since the last podcast. I really want to finish this game uh, because I think the the combat is great. I love the actual, like, in a level, punching dudes, shooting repulsor beams, flinging webs. Like, that's all great. I love that stuff. Um, and I, I talked a lot about all the cruft that was in there, all the stupid mushroom collecting, all the dumb keys and 19 different currencies and the fake internet and all that bullshit that I really can't stand. So I've actually been ignoring all of the side stuff. I haven't been doing anything other than whatever the bare minimum is that it'll take me to get to the next combat. Because I think the combat's awesome. I really do love the mm-hmm. combat. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say it's mainlining, but I've been doing like just whatever. Go talk to somebody and then talk to them and then you come back to a combat and then you go uh, you go activate one thing, you do the thing, you come back and do the combat. So whatever, whatever the bare minimum was and I got to say, I'm still really enjoying it. I haven't hit a, a difficulty wall yet. Uh, but that said, I'm on easy because I'm a superhero and I want to be punching dudes with power and I don't want to be knocked around because that seems yes. stupid. When I am Captain Marvel, I want to be blowing dudes away. When I'm Spider-Man, I want to be super tough. When I'm, I mean, you know, some schmuck comes up to Wolverine with a stun gun. He's going to rip him up. I want to be tough. So I, it's on easy. It's just saying that up front and it feels good. Um, but I haven't hit any... Uh, stopping points. I haven't uh, run into any problems. So I guess I'm just missing a bunch of like, I don't know, costumes and basic items and stuff that I don't use anyway. So it seems like it's basically fine to just push through and not do any of the side stuff that I find is really boring. Um, I will say though, before I beat the game and I'm nowhere close, I'm not even halfway because I feel like this is a pretty long game. Uh, I Before I get to the end, I will probably pull up an FAQ and just be like, okay, is there anything cool in any of the side quests? Because I don't feel like you you don't get cut off. You can always come back to do the mushroom collecting. You can always come back to do 
you know, the extracurricular activities and stuff. So I might look it up before I beat the game just to see, is there anything neat, anything that I really want? I'm guessing probably not. And then I'll just wrap. But so I do want to give just a, a circle back and say, if you want the combat, if you like the Marvel characters, if you want kind of a new spin on what Firaxis is doing and the stuff that pioneered with the XCOM, I think it's really good. I really do like Midnight Suns. I wish they would trim it down. And if they gave us a sequel with a trimmed down, more streamlined play uh, play loop, I think that'd be amazing. But as it is, um, I'm really still enjoying the combat. And I think it's a great time. So there you go. And I'll say your thoughts echo a lot of what I hear online when it comes to you know reviewers on YouTube which is that they just are addicted to the gameplay loop. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, they don't need all the other fluff and they don't even enjoy it really. But um, they do like that mechanics. Yeah, because man, if the combat wasn't great, I would have dropped this in a second because of all that busy work and all the time-wasting shit that they want you to do before you realize yeah. you can just not do it. Um, but yeah, the combat is just really killer. I really, I, there's a there's a tremendous game in here waiting to come out, and it's not quite there yet. But boy, it's real close. So I feel like a sequel, yeah. if they do a sequel, should be bananas. So uh, also uh, before we move, oh, yeah, before we ahead. move on, yeah. sorry, no, I just ahead. finally got those five. Uh, top oh, you five got games. it. Okay, go for it. Just loaded top up. five PS so, uh, PS games. Top five PS five games that you I played guess? in 2022. 2022. Uh, obviously, you know what the number one is, right? Uh, it's got to be Elden Ring. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know how much, I mean, how many hours you spent. I spent 142 hours in that game. I think I was at 160, but I was on Xbox though. So yeah, it was okay. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about similar. Next one was Saints Row. Oh, okay. Which right. I fucking loved. You did. And even bought, I like actually made that tower at the end, which is like a, a really hard oh, thing yeah, to do. Oh yeah, to make extra, so much money. The extra tower, yeah. yep. I, I built that tower. Um, I spent 65 hours in that game. And then Dying Light 2. Stay human. Oh my god, I gotta get, I gotta play Dying Light. I didn't I even love start that it. fucking game, dude. I, didn't even I start love it. that fucking game. Oh, I love. I played fifty hours of it. I kind of mainlined it, but yeah. holy shit, I love number one. I gotta get. It just it hit at a wrong time when I was busy with other stuff, and I just kept forgetting about it. Dude, it's so good. Go back to it. Holy right, shit, I have it. I just gotta um, play. It. Star Ocean: The Divine Force, which we just yep. recently played yep. and beat. Yep. Uh, I spent forty hours on that, and last one, Ease Eight. Because oh wow. Yeah, because I went back in and like was like, I'm gonna fucking beat this. Did you thing. get credit for me. the three other times you started it? I don't know. It just says it's like <laughs> nice. It says 36 hours total though, uh, and I think like 16 of those hours was just recently. So okay, all right, all right. There's that. All right, there you go. Uh, I only got one more thing left in housekeeping here, uh, but this is uh, circling back to what you talked about last week: the Forspoken demo. Um, I didn't realize that it was out. I kind of missed that whole thing, and you talked about it on the show last week, and it seemed. Seemed interesting, and it was still available by the time I got around to it. So I want to just give some brief thoughts on this Forspoken demo. Yeah. Um, so I jumped in, uh, and I got to say, it does not feel finished. I know that sometimes people put out a demo, and it just feels like level one or something. But like you said, they start you in the middle of the game, so you don't you don't get the beginning. I'm sure it's probably a pretty slow ramp up because the systems seem very complicated. There's a lot of yes. stuff going on, and they kind of drop you in the middle of it. And so it took me a minute to, to find my footing. Um, so you just start in the middle of this open world section. But I, I picked up on it pretty quickly, and I think the gameplay is really cool. Like, you play this lady, and she has, like, they call it, like, magical parkour, which is weird. Uh, but you can, like, run on surfaces and jump over things and run fast, and that's fine. But but really, the key is about all the different spells you have. You have, like, six spells equipped on one loadout, and then they show you how to change loadouts. And then you have, like, another six spells. And then on top of that, there's like the skill tree where there's like all these like bunch of other spells that you can un, uh, unlock. 
and I think there's more loadouts that you get, and eventually you're probably going to be jumping back and forth between like what four loadouts probably. I hate that, but yes, I just I thought it was a little overload. It but. it feels like overload a little bit, but it kind of reminds me of some other games I played in the past. So it wasn't like it wasn't super overwhelming, but it it did take me a minute. Uh, but I like the way it feels. I like the the jumping back and forth between the spells. All the spells are pretty different. Like you have like defensive flames, or you can like a big fireball area, or like a fiery sword, and you got like a rapid fire earth shooter that was kind of like a machine gun and like a bigger earth ball you can hit people with. And there's a shield and stuff. You have like lots of options. And I didn't jump into the skill tree because that's where my brain started to melt down. I'm like, okay, I, I, I have not been playing this game. I'm sure it's fine if you start from square one and work your way up. No problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It just, yeah. it was overkill to get that skill tree. I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's like 97 nodes on this thing and a bunch of, st- I can't do that. I got to back out. It's, my brain's going to die. Um, but I bet, it's going to be a really cool thing once you get into it. I'm, I'm actually pretty cool with the combat. I thought it was very exciting. Open world, oh. running around. Like, it kind of got me kind of hyped for it. But I will say, uh, the, the graphics do not feel finished. It felt really ugly and weird. Like, the the strange... There's, like, white spaces when you, like, lock onto a guy that seems kind of weird. And, like, some of the graphics just were, like, not there. And your character yeah. looks pretty, like, janky looking. And I'm like, man, this feels... This feels like a legit demo, as in this game is not done, but you can try it. Um, it yeah, almost felt, I like felt a, that same way. Yeah, like yeah. a beta or something. It did not feel polished in any way, which is weird. Um, How'd you like that jump? The jump? Um, the jump was not good. Uh, it was weird yeah. because you you're, you're so powerful jumping when you like um, scale a wall. I got like the the extra parkour thing. Oh, and you do that flip thing? Yeah, you do like a flip oh, thing. Oh, it's so cool. You climb yeah. up a wall, and you can even jump off. There is fall damage, I believe, but if you jump off a, a cliff you can kind of like quote unquote kind of like glitch skate your way down the cliff and like you can survive it and stuff. So that was fun. Um, but if you're just trying to jump normal, like from the yeah, ground, you'll die it's you crash. terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So you got to kind of be careful with that. Uh, but also the voice work was awful, dude. The voice work was terrible bad. It was so bad. Like the main character, a lot of extra swearing, which seemed really dumb and out of place. And the bracelet, like you mentioned last episode, you have a magic bracelet. Uh, that talks too much and it just ugh, the voices were gross and I wanted to like turn them off um, mm. but just the core gameplay of being an open world running around having a bunch of spells at your disposal flipping back and through them uh, flipping back and through them uh, was really fun I thought that it just it felt fun to play I just hope they polish it up and I hope there's an option to turn off the voice acting yeah and how'd you like that uh, stupid curved interface oh dude that was awful it was awful I, I totally forgot to mention that yeah you mentioned Last episode, like you turn, you go to the UI and it looks like you're looking at a CRT TV screen for no reason. Yeah, it's hard to read and it's distracting. I'm like, what is this? This is ugly as shit. Like, I hate it. Yeah. I, oh, they got to get rid of that. It's really bad. Yeah, I thought you wouldn't like oh. it. It doesn't make any sense because, well, like you said, we're already overwhelmed with all the spells. Yeah. And we're just trying to like see what we should be looking at. And then it's also curved and just seemed like it was really oh, just weird fit. Really just bizarre choice. I don't know where that came from or why it's there. It's, so they can change that, by the way, before they oh, yeah. release it. Yeah, you can, that's like they a filter. Really you can change that real quick. So yeah. Anyway, um, Forspoken, I don't know that it's going to be a full price purchase for me, but it definitely has my attention. And I, I would like to play more of it. I thought it felt cool to play, but I mean, there's a lot more to a game than just the feel. So we'll see what happens. 
Plus, you can kick deers. That's true. If you're into that. Man, some of those deers kick my ass, though. They actually kick me. Like, some of those deers. Oh, they're like monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't just like, like you said, a deer last week. Like, yeah, you kick a deer. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's like a fucking, like, twice as big as an elk. And, like, there's these giant deer. Yeah, and they're strong. And they shoot, like, lasers at you and shit. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Yeah, lasers out of their eyes. Yeah, that was tough. Um, I, I'm with you in the same way, though. I am still excited about it. Some of the same people that worked on Fantasy 15's combat worked on it, which I think is apparent when you look at those magic spells and stuff. So, okay. I'm still going to give it a shot. Okay, well, that was pretty epic housekeeping. Let's get on to the main content of the show. All right, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff to cover here. It's been a good week. Uh, Carlos, let's start with you. Terror of Hemosaurus. Uh, this is a new T- 2D kind of, I don't know, like a kind of an arcadey kind of throwback. Remind me a little bit of like Rampage, if you're old enough to remember that back in the uh, arcade. I played a little bit of it, but I'm going to defer to you, man. You want to lead us off on Terror of Hemosaurus? Yeah. Wow. What a cool, interesting game. And like you said, just think Rampage if you're, if you're old enough, old enough to remember YouTube, that. But if you're not. Yeah. There was an arcade game uh, and also later a console game. And a movie starring The Rock, it. which is a pretty good movie. Uh, really? It was pretty good. Okay. It's not of anything what we're talking about today because that's not the same thing, whatever that movie was. This is about like being a, a pixelated monster, climbing buildings, smashing buildings, causing havoc. And that was what the arcade game was and the console port. And yeah, it was super popular, like Rampage. And you played in the arcades. Oh, yeah. Well, we did. And there was like four players, I think. Uh, so three. everybody could three. be a different monster. Okay, three. So you could all be different monsters mm-hmm. from these, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, big, huge King Kong or like Godzilla. And then I don't know what the other I think one was. It was a rat, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Anyway, so that's what it's kind of like. I think the inspiration is obviously from. But what's so cool about this game that I was not expecting. And I have a lot of interesting, funny notes on is that the the game has obviously an arcade mode, which is just go and destroy things and have fun. And that has a story mode, which is, you know, what I'll always do first sure, sure. campaign. But in the story mode campaign, it's also the tutorial, which is really important because there's a lot of different things to do in this game. Uh, a lot of like physics stuff as well. So it takes basically the idea of Rampage, which is monsters destroy things. And it keeps it in its like lo-fi aesthetic of like 16-bit whatever, mm-hmm. but it adds more physics. It adds more gameplay elements. It adds more interactions, like things can hit things. Um, and we'll get to, I'll get to that in a minute in the combat. But what what's really interesting is the story, because I played it longer than you. I know I did. I'm sure you did. I, I'm sure you did. I couldn't stop playing it, and it starts with basically like you know uh, this little cult talking about how. You know, they want to change the world because basically the, no one's been listening to global change or global cl- uh, climate issues and warming. Global warming is what I was trying to say. And no one's been like listening to the fact that we're ruining the earth. And so they have taken it upon themselves to use this monster they found and have the monster go kill people and do destruction to show them the error of their ways. I mean, it kind of makes is, sense. Yeah, it's I mean it's extreme. Um but it's such an interesting premise cuz the very beginning just has like scientists talking about like, you know, everything's fine, the global warming's a hoax, there's no nothing to see here. Get back to consumerism, and, keep buying stuff, yeah, folks. I think they do yeah, they say just it's fine, just go spend your money. And then yeah, this cult um basically like takes this monster they found from one of the ice caps that like, you know, that melted destroyed yeah. itself or melted, mm-hmm. yeah. And they use that monster to say, hey, let's go do this. Now, this is this whole game is comedy-based, right? Yeah. Tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But there's definitely commentary. A lot of commentary. 
I wrote down so many notes. I wrote like, here's a section I want to talk about. And then all of a sudden after it, commentary. Because not only do they have like this idea of like, you know, go in and destroy people so they understand and wake up about what they're doing. But they even talk about like the media and what will get you clicks yep. and consumerism. And there's just so many things like that. Yeah, like, there's um, socioeconomic stuff. There's like class stuff oh, in there as well. Man. So you're doing all these tutorial levels and then you're getting cutscenes of these kind of like story bits. And the story bits are like from the media's perspective, like how they're covering it. All this destruction and mayhem, which after you play like a couple levels and destroyed like everything and killed so many, you know, fake people, the media will talk about it and being like, you know what? It's fine. We're going to get the clicks for this. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a low you know, income neighborhood. Who cares? We're going to get a lot of views because of the they destruction. Say they literally low say low income that, yeah. night. Oh, my goodness. And they say if you um, work hard. I wrote this down. You can live in a nice neighborhood, safe from the terror of the monster. Yeah, exactly. And then I wrote down commentary. Commentary. Hashtag commentary. This whole thing is commentary, but it's also, it's funny because it is so on the nose and it's so putting it in your face. It's very honest. It's also, yeah, it's, just it's very honest, honest, but it's funny too, right? Like they do a one, uh, they do a section, this is all in like the campaign. They do a section where they're like, because um, all the destruction's happening, uh, the, the consumerism, you know, company wants to cash in on it. So they have a like focus group like testing the game that you're playing, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they go, no, you need to get rid of the profanity and all the you know destruction and stuff like that. Then you'll have a game. So they kind of just comment on their own game. It's so fun, too. Like in the actual combat itself is you running around, grabbing hold of buildings, hitting their you know weak spots so you can topple them over. And that physics, I don't believe, was in Rampage. No, it was not, like, no. Yeah, like you could literally knock a building into another building. And it feels really good. My, or you my favorite like, is kicking the car, dude. Did you kick the car? Kicking the car into a building that explodes the building that hits another building. Uh, there's helicopters that attack you. And you there's physics with them. Uh, there's just so many interesting little uh, mechanics. One of the things is you can pick up people and eat them or throw them. But then like some of the stages are bonus stages or just like kind of special challenges yeah, where yeah. I thought this was really inventive where you pick up a person and you have to throw him into five other people. Yes. Like, you have to, he has to, like, kill other people by you throwing him. Um, it's just done so well, man. Like, it's crazy. Um, and the amount of commentary that's in it is almost, it just, like, made me laugh. Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts before I go I mean, into yes, more of it? Dude, but I, I just I'm, really enjoyed I'm it. yes. And just another yes to everything that you said. Because I, okay, okay, I totally okay. agree. I mean, I think this game uh, was really fun. I, I liked it a lot. I, the commentary is really what sold it to me, right? Like, you're totally on point. Like, all the social commentary, it's all stuff that's true and real. Um, stuff that is literally happening to us right now. Literally right now. These are all current issues. Global warming, consumerism, uh, media skewing the view of what we know and what we react mm -hmm. to, class stuff, race stuff. I mean, this the, the commentary is on point, but it is comedy it's not preachy it's not it's not like a lesson it's all jokes and stuff but the jokes are all on point so i thought that was great i love kicking cars into buildings that was super mega satisfying i really liked it a lot um i didn't play it for a ton because i had other stuff to get to which i'll talk about here on the show um i will say that i just had two little cons um and it's it's very small picky stuff uh number one i don't know i'm sure you got past the level where there's like some like special helicopter that you need to destroy and like you get close to destroying it then it like saves itself by shooting flames all over the yeah. battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that dude had way too much life. That got really fucking boring and tedious. I, they, that guy took forever to kill. 
Um, Did you, by the way, is there, I think there's, is there difficulty level there settings? Are, yes, I there are, yeah. I automatically always put it to the easy now, so maybe that's why. No, I was on, I was on the easiest. I was on the easiest. Oh, okay. Maybe Weird. I just wasn't hitting him the right way or something, but like that particular battle was like a huge bummer because it took like forever and it was really boring. Um, so mm. just very small, very small con. The only other con that I have, and I thought this game was really fun and great, was the, the special ability that you get for Hemosaurus was so boring, dude. It sucked. Like when yeah, you, you just kind of like breathe a lot, and then <laughs> it like hurts the building. It was I so dumb. I mean, yeah. boy, talk about a missed opportunity. Yeah, exactly like you said. You you get into the tutorial, you unlock this little special meter. When you, you cause enough fear, it charges up your meter, and then you can do a special ability, and the special ability is... Like like you say, like you start breathing heavy and like these little sound waves go around you. What the fuck? It's supposed to be a giant laser or flames or something. You're supposed to shoot destruction out of your mouth like every giant lizard does. Huge yeah. missed opportunity. That was boring and I hated that. But other than that, I think this game is great. I'll say the other small con I have then when we're talking yeah. about cons is that when you're jumping from building to building, um, sometimes the physics it's it just wonky. makes you, yeah. it, it makes you kind of, bounce or grab hold of something when you don't want to yeah 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 and that can be a problem because you're like you do get hurt in this game you a do lot, right you do you die shot by cops. surprisingly fast in this game well i started to and then i learned that you have to eat people to get your health back up oh yeah oh yeah and then there's these like cultists which is funny because they're supposed to be working with you but if you find some uh again part of the comedy of this of this whole story is they fed some cultists extra like nutrients yes and so if you find those cultists, the big you can fat eat them cultists and, that waddle around, yes. Yeah, and you can like fill up your health immediately. So um, you do that. But yeah, like sometimes when you're jumping around, you get kind of like in the wrong place at the wrong time and the fixes go wonky. But you, that's just going to come with a game like this. You know what I mean? You're building all these little systems. Uh, there's a, a section where you, you're just kicking a ball around, like a huge metal ball, and it's like the car, but it doesn't blow up. It just keeps being a ball, you know, and destroying things. Yeah fucking fun i could play that level forever so <laughs> they just knocked it out of the park with this i think that like the two things that you want is addictive gameplay you want to come back to like your midnight suns um where that's the key component yeah, You're most like, important i want to go back yeah. yeah i want to play more of that kind of stuff and even though this is totally grotesque too by the way we have kind of just went past that but you're like really fucking up humans in this <laughs> like you're throwing humans into helicopters like and weirdly enough, the media is like that's going to be great for reviews. More clicks for the carnage. More clicks, yeah. Um, but you're doing a lot of you know carnage. But at the same time, it's super funny and super addictive. And then yeah, the story. I, I want to see each new cutscene to see what new thing they're going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing I saw was like you're in New Jersey now, and they're like, go ahead and destroy it. No, no one one's going to miss it. No one misses. New yeah, Jersey. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. This is a fucking great game, man. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, it's really fun. I think it's it's on point. It's it's smart. Uh, the commentary and the writing really sells it. I think the uh, the action is really good. So just a couple small, little, tiny little complaints, but that doesn't really knock any of the polish off of the package overall. I think it's a really fun, really fun thing. A uh, really kind of little gem that uh, I think probably a lot of people should pay attention to. Yeah, so it's called The Terror of Hemosaurus. Yes. Check it out. Check it out. All right, cool. Let me talk for a minute about Trash Sailors. Uh, this is a... Oh, God. What kind of game is this even? I don't even know how to even explain it. It's like there's a single-player mode, but I feel like it's intended to be a multiplayer game where you are living in a, I don't know, post-apocalyptic world uh, where everything is trash. Like, the whole oceans are full of trash. The whole world is reduced to being an ocean. And you're on this little raft, and you're just, like, paddling around, grabbing junk out of the water, like floating chairs... 
uh, blenders, paintings, like whatever you can get. You grab that stuff, you bring it to your raft, you grind it up, and you make resources. And those resources become your fuel. They become your ammo. They become stuff you patch the, uh, the raft up with. And then you kind of just like float around and have to survive as much as you can. Um, it's a cool idea. It kind of reminded me a little bit of something like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time where you're on a ship and mm. there's there's always more things to do than there are people. And so there's always this little feeling of like, oh, well, I got to man the cannon because there's a big thing. There's an alligator coming. Oh, but I, but if I'm on the cannon, I can't steer. Oh, shit. I got to go back and steer. Oh, no. I got to go back and patch the raft. But then I patch the raft and I can't steer. Oh, no. Like, you know, you're doing that whole... There's always one thing going wrong, right? Is is right, which which means it has to be like a co-op game, right? exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, I believe you can do up to four people in a match, and I had I was only doing two. It was just me and my wife uh, because my kid was like, "No thanks." So <laughs> don't blame <laughs> don't blame him. He kind of made a good call there because we had like zero fun with this game. It was really hmm. uh, a shame. The art style I think is kind of cute. The people are kind of grotesque, but the world it looks kind of a sketchy pencil, sort of a hand drawn sort of vibe, kind of a two D paper cutout sort of a thing. It looks cool, mm. like it looks kind of fun, and I think the idea of being on a raft and everybody helping out uh, is is a good idea. But the problem was. Um, uh, so so it, we got off on the wrong foot, number one. We went straight into the online mode. And if you go into the online mode, I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, we'll just start a game, you know, me and my wife. But, like, there's no tutorial. And it just is really difficult in the online mode. That's definitely for, like, once you have got your feet under you and you know what you're doing and you've played it a couple times, then go into the online mode. So mm-hmm. we got off on a bad start. We backed out of that. You can't have friends in the story mode. And we got back to the story mode, and it was just, like, the whole thing just felt cumbersome and just really just not fun. Um, you know, it, for people who have played Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, you know, you're inside the spaceship. There's like four or five different stations. Some steer, some are guns, some are shield. And like, you know, you can get a pretty good rhythm down to where you feel like you're really in control of the ship. And sometimes things go wrong. But like, you know what you're doing kind of. But in this Trash Sailors, like we we never really got into a groove. Like it was like the raft all of a sudden couldn't steer enough even though one of us was driving it was like we would just run straight on into junk that was in the water and we're like go left go left and the raft just wouldn't turn left it wouldn't Mm. you know wouldn't turn enough and so it wasn't really responsive which was really frustrating we would try to turn and we couldn't turn we just crash into something the whole raft gets destroyed and like the run is over or whatever it's really boring um we got in this one section where these alligators were attacking us and like we couldn't get on the gun because the alligator was too close to the gun so the alligator was like wrecking the raft and we're just sitting there just watching it happen we couldn't really do anything and it just it just felt like really cumbersome like none none of the elements really came together for me um i've heard some people say they had a really good time with it but i mean maybe if you had four people it would be okay but with two people i felt like it was not good and there's also a single player mode as well where they give you a little robot and you can put the robot anywhere on the raft to perform any of the functions, but you still have to basically do everything yourself. The robot is only capable of like really minimal stuff. Um, so it's kind of, it's overwhelming. And I think that was kind of our takeaway in general was too much stuff is happening at once and we don't feel like we have enough control over things. And, and, and to be expected with a game like this, like you can't control everything. Like there's always something that's going to go wrong. But even with that in mind, it felt like we just weren't really having enough of effect on what's going on. Maybe the difficulty ramped up too much, uh, too quickly for us or something, but it just was bad. Like we just, you know, my wife was like, this fucking sucks. I hate this. I'm like, yeah, this is not fun. And like, I, I convinced her to play a couple more rounds. And she's like, are we done with this? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm not going to make you <laughs> suffer with me anymore. Cause I got to preserve our marriage here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it just it just wasn't fun. It looks really cute. It's a good idea, uh, but it just just did not connect with us in any way, unfortunately. 
it's like the exact opposite we were just talking about with Hamasaurus, yeah. at least for me, is like, um, yeah, that gameplay loop or like Midnight Suns for you. Yeah. If it's not there and you're like, that's the main thing we're doing and I'm feeling confused or whatever, then you don't want to do it. But the art style does look awesome. It looks, like yeah, it. it looks cute. And that's really why I jumped in. I thought the art style was really fun. But um, interestingly, there is another game that came out basically the same time, which is basically the same game. It's called Ship of Fools. Um, it takes a slightly different approach to presentation. I think it's more of a 2D side view rather than a than an isometric sort of a thing, the way that Trash Sailors is. Um, but we may check that one out. I think the concept is great, and I kind of still want to play something like this because we really did have uh, with fun with games that were kind of like lovers in a dangerous space time. But Trash Sailors yeah. is not it. So we're, we're done All with right. that, yeah, unfortunately. All right, back to you, sir. Far Cry 6 DLC kind of came out of nowhere. Lost Between Worlds. I don't know anything about it, sir. Fill us in. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all you have to do. It's all you have oh, to do. Oh, no. Moving on. Okay, that was Far Cry 6 DLC, Lost Between Worlds. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Carlos. You can check it out if you want or not. Um, okay, so why I wanted to play this, because uh, Far Cry 6 is one of my favorite games. Um, played it, beat it. Played. Yeah. I think there's some DLC. I played all of the DLC. Danny Trejo and Tacos. Um, well, those are small DLCs, but then they had the bigger DLCs where you played as the bosses. Oh, yeah, the, the, mind, the mind game stuff or whatever. Mind game yeah. stuff, yeah. So this, I was afraid if it was going to be like those, which were basically, uh, you know, fake worlds that they kind of created out of your mind. And so nothing's really super tangible and things can flow in and out of existence. And that makes sense for like a memory. Um, and so this story, I saw the trailer, which is your character, your main character, um, uh, male or female, whoever you choose, um, that person kind of meets an alien type thing, and it's going to bring you to another <laughs> land. What? I just, uh, I, I'm just laughing at that because I mean, I spent very little time with Far Cry Six, but just the the DLC of I met an alien and he took me to a foreign land is just very funny for a game like Far Cry Six. But th- that that said, there's obviously Far Cry Blood Dragon, sure, right? sure, and that's sure. super popular. Exactly, that was like. Yeah. Away departure. So we've seen it. I just was not expecting you to say you met an alien and he took you away. Nice. Well, it was kind of like an alien being that's just light. And then, um, and if if you think about the whole game, the game is very much like uh, she has a female voice or it has a female voice. And it reminds me of like Portal in a way where like the Portal voice is always like taunting you, right? Yeah. As you do puzzles. So it's like, what? Your flesh body can't figure this out? Come on. I'm tired of you. So she's like kind of berating you a lot. Mm. But what happens is you shoot her spaceship kind of thing, orb thing. And because you're freaked out and, you know, in Far Cry, you just shoot things. Sure, that's what she's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of commentary. Commentary. The alien says it's been working on these different virtual worlds. And you have to go in and like fix them because you messed it all up because you shot at its spaceship, uh, which is already a weird premise. Like when I saw the trailer, I thought it's just going to be a standalone kind of fantasy adventure, go in, learn story, you know, fight monster or something and then leave. But no, it's more kind of like the other DLCs where it's like fractured fake realities. Mm. And what happens is there's like a puzzle um, level that's on the top, kind of an over overview level. I can't think I can't say words today. What's it called? Like when it's a main map that's before the like the overworld. Overworld, I think, is what I was thinking. Yes. And it's puzzle-driven. So you're, like, hitting targets and moving things to to make, like, walkways appear. And then you get to these rifts. 
So I don't know why that's there. It just seems like busy work. Then when I finally get to the riffs, you can go through one of the riffs, and then when you go through one of them, because there's two, it'll put you in a little map, and it's basically like this huge map to get these crystals. And the map has like one entry point. Oh, bro, and like I'm already two... bored, man. This is. I know. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and the, the map has two outro points. So basically, you can, you know, when you go in one like uh, area, virtual reality area, you can come out like two different ways or something. I don't know. Then you finally get to a gem. But each world looks like like a Far Cry level, normal world, but with crystals everywhere, and all the monsters are like crystal monsters, right? So again, it's not doing what I wanted, which is like a story that's like, you know, you go into a world and figure things out and then kill things. But this is like a um, puzzly game. It really feels like more of a puzzly game. And the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems is, I don't know why they introduced this. I it does it serves no purpose. But as soon as you get into one of these virtual worlds, you get guns, right? Like you normally do, but they're weird alien guns, and there's a blue and a red one. And the blue ones shoot the blue enemies, and the red ones shoot oh, the red enemies. Wow. Why would you do that? And on top of that, to switch between the weapons color, you have to push down on the D-pad. So you're shooting and shooting, and then you're looking at different colors, and you're hitting down to switch your gun, and you're kind of doing yeah. like a little... Uh... God, what yeah. does that remind me of? It reminds me of the, the shooter. What is that shooter where you go to the black we, and white? That's been in another game. Yeah, it's been in other games. I mean, it's been a lot of games, honestly. But the way the implementation I don't like, and I don't like the what, – why is it there? Like, it doesn't help me at all. Like, I just want to go into these fantasy worlds, kill things, and leave and get some story. Anyways, I just feel like it shoots itself in the foot, pun intended, uh, with its, like, gameplay loop and the added mechanics. And then, you know, I just feel like there's just so much puzzle to it. And then the mixture of the guns – I just got really frustrated, and I, I'm sad about that because I really love that Far Cry Six, and it's all of its mechanics. Yeah, man, I I don't know. That just seems like a weird add-on, and I'm not quite sure. I mean, I you know I didn't I didn't play as much of Far Cry Six as you did, so I can't say. But that just seems like a I don't know. Like just they had to put something out, and they came up with this. I don't. It doesn't seem like they had a very good time with it. Yeah, I mean, it's just so it's so frustrating because I love it's general gameplay and the, still the slides there and some of the mechanics that I like about Far Cry 6 are there but it's it goes back to that thing we say on this podcast all the time why is there is there a reason for me to keep playing this yeah like what is that inspiration is it story is it Midnight Suns and Hemosaurus well Hemosaurus is both for me but where the gameplay is really good yeah um I like the gameplay enough from Far Cry 6 but they add the things they add I think detract too from much. The game. Yeah, less is more yeah. with that game like that. Less is yes, exactly. If this was just like go in, maybe get a new weapon like a sword or something, or you know something that's more in line with this kind of different story they're telling. But it just seems like, um, yeah, I don't know why red and blue. And also, some of the enemies are invisible. Oh, get out of here! And they, yeah, and they just appear all of a sudden. And I was like. That doesn't help at all. Like, why would that be a good thing? Literally none of what you said is in any way motivating me to get back to Far Cry 6 or to start this DLC. You're just, you're just, I'm just like, no. I'm just like, no, 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 no. It's so frustrating. I'm really let down. And and it sucks because, again, I love this franchise and I was really excited to play it. So, I mean, if I'm like hurting for a new game and I know that it hasn't been beaten, I might go back to it, you know? But I guess there's probably a yeah. million other things you can play that are better, better value for your time than that, though. 
I know. All right. Well, that's my thing. I don't know what to say. Bummer. Bummer. Okay. Well, that's Far Cry 6, the DLC Lost Between Worlds. Check it out, I guess. No, we're not saying that. You... That's when we say we're really recommending something. I'm giving like a very like hesitant kind of question mark oh. sound. Like, check it out. How about you... we say, let's pick another one. Like, um, maybe you'll like it. It's a thing. It's a thing. That's good. Let's there do that. It's, go. a, it's thing. a thing. Okay. Uh, let me talk for just a brief moment about Path of Ra playing this on the switch it's a very neat little puzzle game that someone uh at the pr for this company offered to me and i said sure that looks neat and i like neat things um so it's got a cool theme egyptian theme which i you know always really enjoyed ever since i was a kid really fascinated with mummies and pyramids and all of the various gods that have the animal heads i always thought that was just so cool growing up um so i've always had a little love affair with egyptian themed uh things this is ultimately a it is a tile moving puzzle game but it's not just that it's not just like a tangram sort of thing uh basically this there is some story very light story but you are a i don't know a pharaoh or something it's a there's no words in the intro although i will say that the animation for the intro is great it looks like a very cool little cartoon very well done um yeah the cartoon looks awesome i'm looking at it now and it says you're reincarnated into a hieroglyph yes so like you get a spirit of a pharaoh somebody kills you because they want to take your spot as pharaoh uh, you get buried. They go through the whole like mummification process, which is really cool. Bury you in your sarcophagus and all that stuff. But then your soul comes out and it, it inhabits one of those little hieroglyphics that have been carved onto your your sarcophagus. So you're like a 2D, uh, you know, little, you know, one of those little hieroglyphic people where they just like they're side on and they're really flat looking and stuff. And so what you do is you got to make your way through these different levels. Uh, and basically you have like a couple squares per level and they get bigger as you go on and they get more complex as you go on. But for example, you'll be in a square, maybe like think of like a four by four grid, right? So you're in the upper left corner and the exit is at the bottom right hand corner. But then there's like a series of walls and stuff. And so you have to rearrange the squares, slide them back and forth or switch them around, whatever, to make it so that you can walk safely from the beginning square to the exit. So like maybe there's a pit. You want to move the pit, put it in back of you so that you're not going to walk through the pit. Or maybe there's like a drop. So instead you move the exit door up a level so that you don't have to go through the drop. And so you're like rearranging the squares to get through all of these different um, obstacles to make sure your guy can get from one end to the other. Um, if you Dude, you know what it reminds me of is pedestrian. Oh, you know, I haven't played pedestrian, but yeah, very similar to that. Yeah, I've seen the videos. You're like connecting the points exactly. to get to from one place to the next. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to like look at these different squares figure out how can you rearrange them to make a safe path. And there's, you know, it's not just that. There's pits. Um, if you walk into uh, the end of a square that doesn't have a wall, you will fall, like, out of the squares, and it's an instant death sort of a thing. Uh, there are me- multiple gates. There's, like, uh, little red switches that open red portals or uh, doors or platforms. And you get, like, multiple. I think the level I just played was, like, there was a red and a blue and a green. So there was, like, three different levels of switches you had to hit, rearrange those in the right order. Um, there's like drops and it's like sometimes, uh, vertical variances where you can't climb up a level. So you got to figure out how to get up that level or sometimes you're filling in a pit or something like that. So there's, you know, you can, you can, I'm sure you can, your imagination can figure in how this goes. Uh, but it's very neat, very straightforward. Um, if you like these kind of puzzles, I think it's pretty well done. I think the theming is really cool. Um, had a good time with it. But as we say on this podcast, I'm not the greatest at puzzles. I think you're probably not either. We're kind of in the same boat with that. And, uh, I was definitely having to. Uh, you know, exert the old brain pan on a couple of these. So maybe not the right game for me as I'm falling asleep in bed. This is where I usually play a lot of my Switch games, but I think it's great. It's really well done. It does what it does really well. And I think, uh, you know, it looks great. The intro is great. And it's all, it's also very cool. So if you want a neat little Egyptian themed 
exit sort of a pedestrian type puzzle game for the Switch, this one's a winner. That's a good maybe check it out. Maybe check it out. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, over to you, sir, for Grime, Colors of Rot. Yeah, not but not uh, Grimes, which is an artist that you like, <laughs> and not Grimy from The Simpsons. Yes. Um, but Grime. And yeah, I think um, this they've had a demo out for a little while. I didn't play it, but this is the first time I saw it pop up on my PlayStation. And uh, you know me, when I get hungry for games, I just kind of take a chance on things. You are. You're a gambler. I'm a gambler. Um, gambling man. That's what they call that's me. That's right. Carlos the Gambling Man, who also does dodge I mean, roll. Yeah. Gambling dodger uh, role or person. <laughs> Cloverbyte. <laughs> Cloverbyte is the developer. Um, I think this is their first game, I want to say. Interestingly, and have you ever eaten Clover? I have not. I mean, maybe accidentally. It's really no, good. I don't know. It's tasty. Oh. It's got a okay. lot of uh, vitamin C. It's got a nice tang to it. I really enjoy Clover. So I, I appreciate the name of this developer. Wow, you know what we could call this? The Clovercast. The Clovercast. I think it's got to be hashtag commentary. It's got it. Yeah, commentary, explanation point. There you go. Okay, so anyways, this game looks like, uh, if you want to look at the the idea of the aesthetic of it, it's a 2D, well, 2D, 3D, kind of 3D on a 2D plane, uh, Metroidvania style, and it looks like Abe's Odyssey in a way. Yeah. Where it's very like, it's it's also kind of Cronenberg, where like, body horror monstery things yes uh, but not super gross it's like more just creepy weird alien things but not like gross for the sake of gross right um there's things not like you know in like stabbing things it doesn't seem like overtly like a a gore or horror game to me it just not at all yeah yeah. not at all it's more monstery right or alien monster that's what i call it um so what you do in the game is you are a, a weird character um it kind of is a lot of it's nondescript and not it, telling you all the things kind of keeping a little bit of it abstract, but you're this kind of, um, you know, you embody this body and you run around and basically fight other monsters and you take parts of their bodies and use them as your weapons. So not only like, do you find weapons that are, you know, taken from bodies of monsters, but also you can like literally find nails, like fingernail nails um, or you can find like eyeballs and stuff and you use them and, and you put them in your inventory slots so that when you're going along, you can use them as like bombs or, you know, projectile weapons. So you're literally like taking things from the environment and making yourself stronger, which already is a cool idea. And including a lot of it's just cosmetic uh, or like slight upgrades. So I found like this weird arm thing and I made it like a chest piece. Nice. And, and when I put it on, it like gave me a little bit more health, but also just looked cooler. I was, I was just um, going to say, does it actually change the way you look, the way that you're, uh, you're going through it? Yes. Yeah. And that's what makes it okay, great. Cool. Like that's what's interesting. That's a thumbs up yeah. for sure. Yes. It definitely is. So there's a lot of thumbs up already. I, uh, the gameplay itself. Yeah. Now there is some mechanics of like souls like, but it's very light in the fact that like when you die, it's the same thing where like enemies respawn um, and you lose something like it's called your vessel. You need to go, should go back to get it. But I played this game for a while and I didn't ever really care to go back to get my stuff. Okay. Because enough of the things that you use to upgrade yourself. Um, I forgot the name of what, what it's called right now, but like, say, you know, economy of something, yes, the equivalent of something. souls or something. Yeah. Whatever you get, I think every time I died, I, I kept all of it. Oh. So, I don't know if it was because I the, the the gameplay mode I put it on easy or whatever I'm not sure, 
but um, that made me just not have to really go back. And who wants to do good. that anyway, man? Like, we're done no with that. No one wants Let's to do that. Let's move on. Yeah. We're done with that. Which is why I'm saying this is like, it, it's uses it in a very light setting. Also, because as you get stronger, which I'll explain how that happens, you know, you, you know, you're finding monsters, but you're not worried about them as much. Right. Right. Like in Dark Souls games, you would worry about every single thing. Every encounter can be deadly. Every encounter can be deadly, even if you're super strong. But that doesn't feel the case in this one. Okay. So this one's like it wants you to get stronger. It wants you to do more damage output, take more health or, you know, take more damage, have more health. And so I did, wasn't as scared. The problem and the only small con, con I have is that it just took time to get back to a spot. OK. You know, like it's Metroidvania, right, in the way that. It's these kind of like 2D levels go up and down and say you died way far away. There, so far, I haven't found any warp points. Um, there's a warp to a, like a mage, major kind of thing. Uh, there's some warping, but it's very like few and far between. So the biggest con for me was just like, oh, I got to go all the way back there. And it took me a while. But I wasn't like super afraid. Um, the other mechanics are that there's, you know, environmental uh, dangers like spikes and stuff like that you got to watch out for um you can get hit pretty quickly there's some souls like kind of sneaky monsters you know that are hiding behind somewhere and they jump out but as long as you're smart there's a good dash um you won't you know be too in trouble but the other thing that's kind of tricky is um yeah i don't know when you upgrade yourself you have health you have focus there's like a bunch of different stats and i didn't think i was upgrading myself very fast so it's you know it's kind of a slow go on that, but again you find a lot of pieces uh, of like things and you kind of upgrade yourself with that too. So um, yeah, I think that's the main things I want to talk about. I think it's fun. I think the biggest con for me was I got to the first boss and ate shit and ate shit again, and I was like, uh oh, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, so I like literally am right now. Uh, I've cleared out the whole maze, uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. there's the map is, is done and I don't have anything else to find, but there's the boss in my way. And you're still stuck at the um, boss kind of, and I'm still stuck at him. Mm. And so it's kind of a thing where there's some random elements of its movement and some time things. And I just haven't figured it out, I guess maybe yet, but it does seem tougher than it should be. And that's kind of annoying. Um, one more thing I'll say also that's weird and also unique mm-hmm. is that, in the very beginning, you don't have attack at all. You don't actually attack anything. What do you do? Um, you have this mechanic that they keep for the rest of the game, which is on PlayStation, it's the right one trigger, okay? And what you do is you have to time it exactly right when an enemy attacks you, like a parry, right? So uh, think parry, parry, which you and I both hate, I parry. hate parry. Now, this is why it's a double-edged sword for me, and it's kind of a con. They keep it for the rest of the game. So... In the beginning, that's your only attack, which is you have to do that. But they're doing that to show you that when you do that type of attack, or um, it's kind of a defend attack, your your head turns into a black hole for some reason, and you're absorbing the enemy stuff. Gotcha. So it's like a good thing to do, but it's also harder to do because the window is very... Is it tight you know, and unforgiving as most parries are these days? It's pretty tight uh, and unforgiving. God, yes, man, yeah. dude. This- but when you do it, it's very satisfying because you like totally do a huge explosion and then you take parts of their bodies you know sure. so anyway so later on you get attack light attack strong attack all the things you would think and you have different weapons uh i didn't talk to that but it's kind of souls like or monster hunter like you know slow weapon fast weapon medium weapon find your favorite weapon um 
But then you can also do that weird thing, which is the black hole head. Is there thing. any way to like adjust that? Because I find that, um, I mean, maybe just because I'm older or whatever, but like I find that most games these days, if they have a parry, number one, I cringe. But number two, if I try to do the parry, almost none of these games have a window that feels comfortable to me. Like I feel like my reflexes are just not as quick as the developers want me to be like something like blasphemous. I felt like had this enormous parry window, which was really generous and felt very good. And I enjoyed that very much, but yeah. like most like 99% of games with a parry, I, I can't do it. Um, and so is there any, any items you can get? Can you like level up your parry window to make it a little easier? Because I was actually kind of on board with this when you were talking about it. But now that you're talking about parry, I'm like, Oh wait, maybe I'm not on board because if you got to do that, that's, that's a big problem for me. Like in any game. The next two sentences I say could make you out Okay. Uh, in a second and say nope, okay. I'm nope out. And I don't want to say them, but they're true. There, There's no difficulty setting, which is interesting, okay. by the way. So this is just the game, okay. which I kind of like, right? Um, but there's very few options in the settings. Mm. Um, so I think the short answer is there's no changing of that window. But also, I don't know if there's um, items that change it in yeah. any way because I haven't, I haven't found them. Um, there are items that do a lot of things. You'll find like weird sand or, you know, again, parts of bodies that that just do very specific upgrades. So that it feels kind of soulsy in that way where like there's a lot of different items I have in my bag that I'm not sure what they do, all of them. Um, but the, the part that you're going to nope out with, which I don't know if I'm going to, is that boss wants you to do some of that. The parry. parry thing. Uh, if, yeah. you, if you have to. Do, I think I do. Um, see, that's the problem, right? Because I find that a lot of games that really lean on parrying do not give any allowance for it like they just they're like i'm the developer and i like to parry and this is how i parry and everybody should do it just like me <laughs> and like Jeez. fuck off dude like not everybody yeah. has your reflexes not everybody plays the same way that you do and I, re I respect if you have to parry but if you have to parry make it so it's doable for a wider range of people and i just find that people who like to parry for the most part based on my very limited anecdotal experience are people who have very fast reflexes and they like their game very difficult and they usually punish you really hard if you miss a parry so i well, tend to stay away from those games and if there's no way to adjust that window i may be out well there i'm pretty sure there isn't but also i'll say this it's not even just there's <laughs> another noping thing nope out thing but it's like the, the enemies attack you at different speeds so the parry can't, you can't even time it sometimes because like some of the hands, there's like these huge hands. I love the art style and the hands come out, but they're like, wait, 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 wait. And then they attack you. Mm -hmm. So like you're trying to find their window. Right. So it's not even just your own window, right. which your, your window of pairing is like one second or less, right. like 0.5 seconds. And so they, it's like, you're finding out when they're going to actually hit you because they kind of like do a delayed attack. That, see, the delayed attack is just like motherfucking no, because people are doing yeah. that in response to the prevalence of souls where it was really predictable at first. And then people are like, oh, that's too easy. You can predict it. So now they want to punish you by having these delayed attacks and weirdly timed attacks to really get you. And it's like, I'm just not up for that. I your parry window yeah. small and you're going to try to trick me on top of that. Like, I don't. That is not where my head is at these days. That does not sound good to me. Here's what I'll say. I'm going to go back to the boss probably later tonight, and I'm going to just try to brute force it and see if I don't have to use this kind of parry thing because I've been trying to just do the parry thing because it seems like that's what they want me to do. But I do have a, a much upgraded weapon now. So if they let me you know, just fight it and not have to do those right. things, then I'm going to stay on board, okay. and that's what they should do. But... Yeah, I'll come back and let you know if it's it's a parry or no, then it might be a no. You had me at the beginning. I was down, but then you got to this other shit, and I'm like, no, I think I'm out now. So I guess 
TBD, if there's a way to change the parry window or if parrying is optional, maybe I'm back in because I do think it looks pretty cool and I like the idea. Parrying's not optional. It's yeah, part of the main gameplay. So... Like your idea is like it's taking parts from bodies and stuff. Right. I'll say this. Leave it on a positive note. I've never seen a game like this. I like that there's no difficult setting, difficulty setting actually because it's like this is the game. Right, you know? right, right. I kind of like that. I like the art style. I like the idea, which is totally unique, which is you're getting body parts and I do like that upgrading idea. yourself like with them. And it kind of has some Souls-like stuff that isn't heavy Souls. So it's like, you know, you can die and go back if you want, but you don't have to. And I really like the environments and stuff. So there's a lot to like. Let's see about the boss. All right. TBD. We'll see. That is Grime, Colors of Rot. You're playing it on what, PlayStation? I am playing on PlayStation. I believe it yes. just came out. It's been on PC for a long time, uh, at least a year, if not more. But I believe it's now just now coming to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch as yes. well, I think. So, okay. All right, let me talk uh, about something that I actually really, really liked a lot. I love to end the show on a high note here. Uh, talking about Raptor Boyfriend, a high school romance. Oh, interesting. Did I not just I sell the... you just on that title all by itself? It's a pretty good title, and I have seen it in the store. Yes. So I'm interested to see what you're going to say, but it sounds like you like that. I one. mean, that title, I'm like, I don't care what this game is. I got to check it out now because, I mean, yeah. a title like that, like there's just no denying that. It is a visual novel hand-drawn uh, heavily story-based just as you might expect and it is literally about what it says you play a girl um who in the beginning of the game kind of kind of paints herself as kind of like a person with not many friends um she's returning to a town that she hasn't been to in a long time because her grandma just died and so she inherited the house she's moving there with her dad and so she's a high school senior and she's bummed because she's got to enter a new high school senior year now that didn't happen to me but i know that that's kind of like a really really bummer thing to do changing schools in general is awful and changing your senior year that's got to be hard did you ever have yeah. a problem like that carlos i definitely switched schools a lot but i switched schools up into like a bunch and then when i got to like seventh or eighth grade i think i just stayed in the same one so i was lucky in that part okay I, that kind of mirrors me too i switched around a lot my mom and dad moved a lot for work and I just like, you know, I didn't like a particular school. We had some school issues back in the day. So I think when I got to about eighth or ninth grade, that was when I kind of locked in and I stayed the rest of the way. So, yeah, same. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. That's okay. So it's funny the same. And we have to use this opportunity for a tangent because I'll never yeah, tell yeah, the story good. again. Yeah. Is a long time ago, um, I think it was fourth grade, maybe fourth or I think of fourth grade, third and fourth grade, I think I went to a church school. So it was like the school that you go to um, where you like have prayer class. Oh, yeah. And I stuff went like to a religious Bible school class. when I was a kid too myself. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't like a, tr a traditional one. It was kind of like, I don't know, a, a, just a kind of generic -y Christian one. Was this like one of those ones where they're trying to stamp out your native culture? No, not at all. Oh, not like those Canadian ones? No, 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 oh, okay, no. This right. is, again, it was very lighthearted in a way. Oh, I was it's just like, checking because that's, that's the big thing. I hear a lot of Native people say they get sent to those oh, things to erase their culture, yeah. which is shitty. Also, I wasn't even like considered Native until like 16 or 17 because oh, okay. that's a whole other story. Um, I was just <laughs> the Native didn't kick in until puberty. <laughs> well, that's funny. But no, no, no. Like, I think I told it before, but we didn't even like go into it because we just basically like were considered Mexican because our Native culture was like hidden. Because it was dangerous to be a Native American. Mm. Have we talked about this? Not really. Okay. Anyways, that's another tangent. My tangent for high, a school is I went to some weird church school. And um, again, we'd have Bible class and stuff like sure, that. But I sure. remember the pizza being amazing. That's one memory. <laughs> Christian pizza is the bomb. Christian pizza was the bomb. Anyway, so once we went from there, we moved. And I also, I think that cost money. And we were like super poor. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So stop that. Carl's going back to public school. And in fifth grade, I went to public school in upstate New York in kind of like the city, the city part of it. And it was such a harsh like change because I was going from like Bible school, right? And people were super friendly. I got to say that about them, right? Like the whole school was like very friendly and nice. Um, and then I went to a school and they were like, we're going to cut you. <laughs> like, I, I just felt like in danger. Good old public school. Yeah. Yeah. Like kids had knives. I remember like oh, back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. This is before guns. I don't know. Or whatever, oh, dude. But kids like, in my school had knives all the time. It was a constant yeah. fear. Yeah. It was like you could get stabbed or something. I was like, what the fuck? I just, anyways, I just remember that um, that comparison and that contrast being super strong. Oh, yeah. I, I Same. Same. I went to a Catholic school. For a while, my mom is like super religious, and so for a while I was going, and I had a little, little outfit and Bible class and stuff, and I hated, I fucking hated every second of it. Uh, I was glad to get back to a public school, although I didn't want to go to school in general. But yeah, at, at my other schools, definitely violence was a problem. And this again, like you said, this was before guns. I was never afraid of anybody bringing a gun to school. And in fact, I mean, the one time somebody brought a gun to school, I think was my senior year, and we were all like, "Oh my god, what's going on? A gun!" Like we were right. very shocked. Um, yeah. And it didn't even get fired or anything. I think the cops came and they got it and everything. But like knives, there was constantly yeah, like knives. people going, uh, like the principal going into people's locker and like, you know, somebody said you got a knife and they're checking it out and finding knives and knives and backpacks and stuff. How so. interesting. Isn't it interesting? I didn't even plan to bring it up, but that really is a huge commentary about where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, it just progressed and progressed. And now it's like you don't even blink at a school shooting, which is terrible. Well, I do blink. I mean, yeah. we shouldn't even say that statement. Yes, we should all blink. We should. All I mean, we should. I'm just blink. saying, like in general, we should be doing a lot more about that. You know, I think it's yeah atrocious. But you know, we we need to do more yeah. than hearts and prayers. Agreed. But um, yeah. Anyways, the knife thing was like a, a surprise to me. Oh yeah. Anyways, back to raptor raptor boyfriend. boyfriend. I guess that's kind of a tangent because he's got raptor feet and they've kind of got like knife like talons on knife his feet. feet. Yes. I'm gonna uh-huh. tie that in. Anyway, uh, so she goes to the school. Uh, I think her name is Stella. I'm pretty sure. And she's like, oh, you know, I got to make friends. This is really awkward. I don't know what's going to happen. She has a really rotten first day. But on the first day, she meets uh, this literally a velociraptor with a backwards turned hat. He he comes in down the hall on a skateboard because he's a radical dude. And he's just like, hey, what's up? I'm a raptor riding a skateboard. And I even retweeted a picture of it uh, yesterday. If you check my feed, you'll see it literally says, yes, I'm a raptor on a skateboard. And that to me, like it, that just sold the game to me right there. Um, so he just talks to you and he's like, Hey, welcome to town. And then you slowly find out that this town is full of cryptids. Like you didn't realize that at the beginning of the game, but it's like, uh, a little bit later in the day you meet a, she looks like a moth girl, but she's actually kind of a fairy, kind of like an insect like fairy. And then she's got, um, an X, I think that's like a ghost. And then later on you meet your old friend that you went to summer camp with. And he actually turns out to be like a Sasquatch. And so yeah, he's the big foot. Exactly, exactly. And so, like, all of a sudden, you go from this town that's going to be a drag to, like, oh, wait, everybody in this town is, like, a cryptid, uh, and I'm, like, a human, and so this is really unusual. It kind of turns the whole game on its ear. But you talk to them just, like, normal. They give you their number, and you call. They want to go party and smoke weed on the beach, and they invite you and stuff, and you just kind of go from there. It's really interesting. Um, I think the artwork is excellent. I really love the artwork. It's very bright and colorful uh, and really sharply drawn. So that's good. Um, I think the writing is really funny. I've laughed out loud a couple times. I think that's great. It's very, you know, kind of coming of age teen, a lot of jokes. You can play it serious. You can play it jokey. Uh, I think there's an option to play it sexy, but I have not really felt like that fit the character very much. But you can if you want to. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to eventually get into you know, more romantic lane with one or maybe all of these creatures. I'm not sure if there's anybody else in the game or not. Uh, but I, I really dig the vibe. It's really fun. I think the 
the the dialogue just kind of flows um there's not a ton of choices so far but i feel like there are enough choices to keep me engaged and i feel like the dialogue is good enough that i don't mind um reading it and it's also the right amount of dialogue i'm not drowning in paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs it's like you know one or two lines they talk one or two lines they talk a choice like it goes pretty quickly i feel like it's very well paced for a graphic novel or visual novel excuse me um and i feel like it's right in the pocket of what i want um you get back to your house there's a couple things you can check messages you can check the notebook notebook on the fridge you can uh do a couple more things at home like real basic as your hub and then you can kind of choose what to do so um i just started it recently i'm not like all the way through i haven't finished it or anything but so far uh, I'm really liking this one a lot. I think it's really kooky and fun. I think it looks great. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. And the biggest surprise of all, Carlos, the biggest surprise of all, do you know who publishes this game? Oh, I mean, I won't look. You tell me. I don't know. Rata fucking Laika publishes this game. What? I was like, what? Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. They got me again, except for this time. They didn't get me because I think it's actually like it's probably the best game they've ever published, dude. A Rata Like a Surprise. Rata Like a Surprise. That'd be a good title for the podcast. But uh, Rata Like a Surprise. So I feel like they had literally nothing to do with the development. It's like a totally separate developer. No, no. The developer's Rocket Adrift. Yes, I there just you go. It up. Yeah. But boy, yeah. Um, you know, Rata Like, as we've talked about on the show many, many times, has this penchant for really kind of broken, super difficult, platformy, no, no, uh, no pity games. That's kind of what their bucket is. And they keep suckering me over and over and over. But they made a big a big left turn. This is like just a visual novel. Like there's no hardcore platforming. There's no try and die. There's no souls like bullshit or anything. I'm surprised that they, well, they published this. But good for them because I feel like this was a smart get. Uh, I hate to take it back. Oh, no. I just looked it up. What? And the publisher is listed as also Rocket Adrift. I Really? Because I looked and when they started up on the Switch. Rattalaika was on there. Are you sure? They're not involved maybe in any they, way? Maybe they gave them some money, but they're not anywhere in the wiki page at all. It's like the publisher's just the developer. Interesting. Um, it's using the engine RenP, so maybe Rattalaika is part of that. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, I, just want, I just don't want to give no, them no, their okay. due because That's fair. they've been like the enemy of the show. So. <laughs> We need to make sure where we where we are on Radalika. That's all I. Know. I mean, no, that's totally fair. I I clearly saw the Radalika logo when it came up, and I know I just assumed right. they were the publisher. So okay, put a pin in that. I'm gonna come back. I'll put do I'll do further that, yeah. research, and we'll see. Uh, if it was them, good on them. If it wasn't them, then I just gave everybody the false impression. But oh, you didn't. Okay, just let's just follow this trail real quick. It says right here. Um, oh my goodness, sorry, my Windows is doing no, something. No. Every time, every time I try to get to something. Um, it says Raptor Boyfriend, a high school romance, uh, Rocket Adrift, Radalika Games SL. Um, so co-publishing? I don't know what that means. Co-publishing or something. So you're not wrong, but also I, I won't. Let's not give let's him, not full, give him credit. full credit. We'll give him, I don't yes. know, half credit or something. Yeah, um, it's got to be half. I bet you they just gave him money, which possible. is fine. It's possible. Whatever, yeah. whatever they're involved, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but this seems very <laughs> out of character for Radalika, but in a very good way. I feel like that's yes, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, so far, uh, I'm really liking Raptor Boyfriend a lot. I think it's really funny and cute, and I love it. And I'm going to definitely keep going and play and finish it. And I will, uh, I'll probably circle back once I uh, wrap it up. Maybe see how many storylines there are. Maybe there's more romance characters pop up. We'll see. But so far, thumbs up. Check it thumbs out. Thumbs up. Check it out. Yes. But also, uh, an extra check it out. It's in the 90s, I looked up. 
and they said you can collect uh, cassette tapes and comics. Oh, okay, I haven't. I've gotten one comic. I didn't find any cassette tapes yet, but I'm pretty early still, so we'll see. That's a pretty cool. Like that's an in for me. Like I'm from the '90s. Exactly. I like exactly. you know the '90s stuff. All right, cool. That is definitely a thumbs up, though. So, wrap your boyfriend, a high school romance. I'm digging it so far. Last game of the show uh, before we get out of here, Carlos. Chorus, but it's not chorus. It's Corvus or Corvus with a C H O R V S. I wish they didn't do that, but I think it's chorus. Uh, I played it a while ago. Uh, I have some thoughts, but you just cracked into it. What made you pick this game up now uh, out of the blue, Carlos? Well, your favorite service, Game Pass. Nice. Yeah, it just showed up on there. Oh, and did I did it, like, okay. I knew you had played yeah. it, and I forgot what you said. It said something like you kind of liked it or kind of didn't. We'll get to it. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll keep me in suspense for a minute. Um, and I liked the concept of it, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I just never played it. So I was like, okay, well, there you go. It's in quotes free, um, but not really because I pay a monthly subscription. Not really free. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Chorus with a V, uh, so C-H-O-R-V-S, but it's Chorus, um, is by Deep Silver, by the way. But Deep Silver Fish Labs, which is like an offshoot of Deep Silver. Yeah, subsidiary something. Yeah. And so, you know, Deep Silver is huge for Saints Row, Dead Island, et cetera. But this is like a smaller subsection. That worked in this game, and it's 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 a totally different type of game. It's a sci-fi shooter game, a spaceship shooter game, um, but with a really interesting story and very interesting controls. It took me a minute to get used to, and I'm excited to hear your take on those. But yeah, I'm very into the idea of um, you know watching media and then playing the game that's like it. So in the uh, kind of um, before we go section, I'm going to talk about some sci-fi stuff I've been watching. So I've been watching some sci-fi. Wanted to play some sci-fi. This is a perfect fit for it. So you play as Nara, um, a woman, but also kind of like a sh- like she's got some special powers. Yes. You just know that. Yes. Um, and they kind of allude in the beginning, the backstory is that she helped, get this, kill a planet. Um, she basically helped destroy a whole planet, and she feels real guilty about I it. I mean, that's pretty hardcore. It's pretty hardcore. Uh, I think that's something that it's kind of doesn't leave you ever. Um, but she also like kind of has a split personality where like another part of her is talking to her and she's kind of listening to this other version of herself um, as she's like in her spaceship flying around. So that's the kind of setup is that, you know, she used to be part of this cult, uh, another cult like Hemosaurus, and they are really, you know, terrible and want to take over and, you know, just bad guys, uh, bad girls, bad people. And, um, you were part of that. Obviously, you don't know the full story, but you d- helped destroy a planet. And now you're trying to, like, in a spaceship, flying around. Um, you know, you have friends. You're trying to, like, basically live your life again and trying to somehow move past that. But you have this uh, voice in your head that kind of reminds you a lot about other stuff. And, and basically, the whole idea of the game is you play in a spaceship. So the whole gameplay is being in a spaceship. I guess you'd call it third person. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, bigger than um, a small teeny shooter game. It's like you're kind of a how would you describe the screen? I mean, you're you just know? like you're in a free space area. Like you're in your ship, and you're it, it's not it's not open universe. I mean, you can't go anywhere, but you're in these large areas that you have full three D motion. You've got up and down, side to side, vertical, forward and back. I mean, you can go anywhere right. in space. So. Yeah, and you're, it's like a No Man's Sky, actually. Yeah, yeah, or Like, yeah. you know, when yeah. you're flying around mm-hmm. and you just could do stuff on the planet. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and there's obviously a bunch of different weapons, and there's a upgrade path for your character, Nara, uh, Nara, 
and her abilities, but there's also an upgrade, you know, path for your ship and you can get new weapons and you can, uh, you know, do all the things you would do with the spaceship. Um, so like really quickly, just talking about the controls, I don't know about you and I'll get to this, you know, your thoughts, but like, it took me a minute to figure it out because at least on the PlayStation, you're using your left analog stick to, okay, let me get this straight to, to just go slow. You can push it forward just to go slow with left analog stick. Okay. You can also hit your trigger to go fast. And then when you're going fast with the trigger, you don't have to put, you don't have to touch the left analog stick anymore. And all your aiming and controls is your right analog stick. But if you want to stop your ship, you have to go back to the left analog stick and push back on it. You got that already? Yeah, that oh man, I played this a while ago and what you're saying does remind me of that. Yeah, I think you I think you're describing it accurately. And then there is a click in on the stick, which is your sub light travel, which is like super fast. And in that, you're just aiming with your right stick. So you basically as soon as you click in and go super fast, which is very fun, you can only just aim with your right stick. So there it takes a fucking minute. How did you feel about the controls when you first did them? Yeah, it's been a while since I played, but I do remember having a a period where I was kind of going back and forth with controls. I think I even tried to adjust them. Is there some? There are some options, right, in the controls. I think I tried to remap. There some seems things. there's a lot of options. Yeah, yeah I but, feel like um, I feel like I tried to remap, and I don't know exactly, but I, I got to a place where I was like eighty percent okay with it. Yeah, they they introduced so many new mechanics yeah. with the ship yeah. that like there's drifting later. And, like, that's pretty difficult still for me. So I'm kind of on the fence. It's a double-edged sword. Like, it, when it works, it feels very fluid, and you're like, whoa. Like they say in the in the game, you're, like, one with your ship. Yeah. Um, and then at times, you just hit the wrong button. So I think it's because they just introduced so many mechanics that it's, like, they just ran out of space, right? There's, the a, there's a lot going on. I will say, just to kind of clarify to anybody listening – um, what Carlos described is totally right. There's a lot going. There's a lot going on, and they use all the buttons and stuff. But I will say that in general, like I think the ten thousand foot view of it is, they do take a very arcade like approach to like combat in space. Like you're not doing like a Kerbal sort of sim where like you got to get your retro boosters just right, and there's inertia and all this stuff. I mean, it plays like an arcade game. It does not use real interstellar physics which i think is good because it makes it feel very peppy and actiony when you get it when it, you get it down but um it's definitely on the the arcadey unrealistic side of the of the spectrum yeah but that said you know the the dog fights are tough and i highly recommend the story mode i put it down to that immediately. oh yeah oh for sure for sure because all i looked at the differences all it is is like damaged enemies take and damage you take right and so you don't need that. Like, it's still, like, skill to play this game. Yes. So it's on story mode. I'm still having uh, hard times with enemies because it's just flying around 3D space, and it's hard, yeah. you know, to shoot spaceships that are flying at you. Exactly. That said, there, there's an element arcadey, but there's a lot of element of simulation, too, because it feels like No Man's Sky when you have to go very, very far away in this, like, sector. You have to hit sublight travel. And then when you're doing that, you know, you have conversations going on in, with your characters, but... It feels like it's taking a long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a simulation element here, too. Um, and then when you're, like, a, in these dogfights, you've got to do things just right sometimes or blow up things physics-wise or something. So, I don't know. It's so – I think the, the 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 takeaway is I really like it. Uh, there's, uh, there's just so many mechanics and so many things to get used to. The other thing that I really like is that you're not getting out of your spaceship, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you do in cutscenes. But in general, this game is you're in a spaceship. Right. But as you go through, 
they do puzzles and they'll do like you go into a dead spaceship and you have to like shoot a couple things to get out to, to have the door open or something right but when you're in these areas you can like look at memories which is a lot, a lot of games do and you hit a like a scan button and it like finds memories and then you're just you know hearing cutscenes. i weirdly enough had like connection with the characters in some of these story beats mm. because i think some of the writing's pretty good later on um and then you're kind of like traversing areas that isn't all about going fast. Yeah. It's like it's about going slow. Exploring some know? stuff. And like you really have to take advantage of 3D space. That was kind of the um I, I don't want to say it's like difficult for me, but like it was definitely making me use my brain a little bit differently. Where just like you said, there are areas that are kind of exploration, there are kind of puzzles, and sometimes you gotta really think about like the underside of something or how you're circling around something. It's not just all right there on a 2D plane. Um, but in addition to that, there's also like, you know, there's, there's story quests, but there's also a wide variety of things to do. There's like escort quests. There's like find things. There's, um, you know, rescue, collect things. There's side quests. There's different characters to talk to. There's races. So it's not just like, it's not just like one linear mission after another. Like you get to an area and you'll talk to people and some you can help if you want to, some you don't, you can choose what you want to do. So there's, it kind of feels like an open world game a little bit. Yes. Uh, but it's also like an open galaxy game and you're kind of flying around doing whatever you want to do while you're in the spaceship. And also at the same time, really being asked to take advantage of the full 3D space. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's like an open space game yes. instead of open world yes, game. Exactly. Um, that's a pretty good name for a title, too. But it, it, you can also find credits and random shit lying around, too, by the way. So you can scan and just find things. Salvage stuff, yeah. Yeah, salvage stuff. And in one of the side missions I did, which I highly recommend all the side missions, it was just protecting these cargo ships or something, right? You either fight things or sometimes it's not fighting. It's sometimes just escorting or like finding somebody's thing. They like they're lost. Or like like I said earlier, like a race, you know, and you're just racing somebody to get them back to the story bit. And then there's these warp gates that are really fucking fun, like – um, highway travel, which is where you go into this jet stream and it just propels your, you know, ship forward. I think the rumble's done really well. Mm-hmm. And I fucking really like this game. The last thing I'll say that should definitely be what get people to play it is that as Nara gets stronger, her abilities get crazy. And I have a feeling at the end of this game, it's going to be like this kind of matrix thing where, remember, she killed the planet. Right, right. right. So... The second, uh, did you get the second power, which is the warp thing? I think so. I didn't finish it, but I got pretty, I got at least halfway through, if not more. Okay. Well, that second power, I think, or third power is the warp. And again, it makes you feel like this Matrix character because you're in a spaceship, but you hit the warp button and it immediately warps you, like teleports you to right behind the enemy. Yeah. And so you just like fucking blow them up. Um, It just makes you feel like a badass when you're doing that, like chaining that together. Then you're doing a drift. Then you you know shooting your missiles, and the whole time this is a great upgrade path with your wep- with your ship. So I really fucking like it, man. I was just kept going like, do I love this game? Yeah, yeah. No, I um, liked it a lot when I played it. I really liked it. I I didn't finish it because I had other stuff to cover, but I believe it's on my. I was actually just looking at my backlogged the other day, looking yes. at all the games that I was like, and I'm pretty sure it's on there because it's one that I definitely want to. Um, get around to and finish. I had a great time with it, and I uh, I wish I had more time to play it at the at the moment when I was playing it. But now that you're talking about it, it's like, oh man, I could go upstairs and fire that up. That was a, that was a really good game. I really liked it a lot. It's also pretty fucking beautiful. Yeah, like it's got a. Oh, it's the last thing I want to say is it's got a very much control looking aesthetic. Yes, the, the game control. Yes. 
So you play as a woman. Uh, Control has a main protagonist as a woman. And there's a lot of cubes and a lot of alien-looking things and a lot of red, right? The things that we liked out of um, uh, Evil West kind of. Yeah, the inverted pyramid, upside-down lighting thing. Yes. So such really beautiful graphics. And it does remind me of No No Man's Sky and the fact that I can just go out into this space and explore for a while. and, And they don't make you, like you said, go to the main missions if you don't want to. She just kind of like fuck around. And, yeah, yeah. Um, again, I'm alluding to what I'll talk about at the end of the show, but I'm watching a lot of sci-fi stuff, and it is perfect for that. Like, I just go in and do a few missions and then shut it down, and it's so fun, man. It's a great I game. highly recommend I, Yeah, it. I, I, I agree with you. I think your recommendation is dead on. I, I God, you make me want to go, like, fire it up right now. Um, but, yeah, it, it's interesting because I think it's not what you would expect. And it kind of came out. We haven't had a lot of space shooting type games like this lately. And I feel like it was really well done. I feel like this one deserves a lot more attention. I know that some people, you know, liked it when it came out, but I don't feel like it really made the splash that it deserved to. Um, I don't think it would. Yeah, yeah. I feel I'm, I'm really glad you came back to this one. And I really hope that anybody listening will give it a shot. If it's on Game Pass, that's awesome. I'm sure it's probably on sale as well. Probably a lot of holiday sales going on right now. But this is one that I feel like is a pretty solid recommend. I liked it a lot. It seems like you love it a lot. So this is definitely a check it out for me. Definitely check it out. And the last thing I'll say is you just you just kind of like uh, made me think of it. You said, I, I don't think there's been a game like this for a while. I was playing it last night, and I don't think there's been a game like this. Period. Right. Full stop. Yeah. I Full mean, motherfucking I, I stop. Agree. I kind of agree. Because you and I have played every game, and I love sci-fi games and can't get enough of them, just like sci-fi movies or shows, and they're few and far between, right? Everyone's very excited for Dead Space and stuff like that because we don't get them a lot. Um there's not been a game like this, I don't think. I think back in the PC days, yeah, I played a lot of Star Control or like Space Quest or something where it felt like you do some sci-fi stuff and then you do a lot of like story missions or you do um, like cargo stuff, you know? But yeah, I just, I mean, besides like the big games that are like the MMO, what's the MMO? Um, fuck, that sci-fi MMO that everybody oh, plays, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the uh, Star yeah. Citizen or whatever bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, you know, there's there's some that are simulation-heavy like and freelancer? stuff. Freelancer, is that what it's called? Freelancer? Freelancer, like yeah. There's a, but, I mean, what, this is more action-oriented, yeah. but it's also got really good side stories. So. Well, I was going to say, you know, the only thing that really comes to mind, like if we're talking about the combat, I mean, you're talking about something like Wing Commander or even Colony Wars yeah. like a million years ago. But yeah, even mm-hmm. more recent than that, which which does not even really approach what Chorus does. There was one that came out recently where it um, and by recent, I mean four or five years ago, where you kind of did the same thing, but not anywhere near as great, not as well developed. And it was more about the economy. It was it had like a lot of um, bluegrass and country music. That's what really stood out to me, because as you were flying around space, there were all these like country songs that were playing. Um, oh, yeah. It came out on PlayStation 4. It might also be on PlayStation 5. That one was like, okay, you had some combat, but the combat didn't feel great. It was first person, not third person. Although there might have been a clickable third person. But it was more about like get a box and bring it to this other galaxy and sell it for more money. Like some economy mm-hmm. stuff that was kind of a drag. And it just it just didn't really even approach um, the arcadey uh, and like the, the fully realized kind of superpowers and the flying around and the action that chorus yes. is really bringing this just feels like like seven notches above that i can't remember the name of that game the, the right it, what what it does is it marries what you just said that style of game yeah which people kind of have played in the old pc world in that game but it marries it with like i kind of think of it as a third person action game almost yeah just about right yeah. you just happen to be in a spaceship if she wasn't in a spaceship, it would be like control. Yeah. You know, it feels like, and also like control, you get stronger and stronger with different abilities. Yeah. 
and Nara literally get stronger and stronger with different abilities. Those abilities so like, are really cool. I think that really makes a difference. It's not just like you're buying bigger guns for your shit, but you're like you're able to do like different, like you said, matrixy shit, which is which is really fucking cool. Oh, and you mean AI robot or AI spaceship that that's like your friend. Yeah, your spaceship is your buddy. That's true. Yeah, it's so crazy. So, anyways, I can't recommend it enough. Check it out. Ah, check it God, out. I gotta, check go, it out. I gotta play this after the show. God damn it! I know, especially after we talk about sci-fi. I at have the end no of the time show. to play You're it, but God, play I want to play it right now. Shit. You're gonna. All right. All right. All right. That is chorus. That is definitely a check it out for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Check it out. And how? All right. Cool. That is going to do it for the main portion of the show, but we still have lots of stuff to talk about here. Uh, first, a really quick shout out to Unabridged Gamer for uh, retweeting the show last week. I uh, just want to say thanks to that. Thank you very much, Elijah. Appreciate that. Okay. One more thing before we go. I've got a bunch of stuff. I think um, since you just talked about uh, Chorus and the sci-fi stuff, I'll let you continue with that, but I feel like I'm going to chip in on what you uh, have to say. Why don't you, yes, why don't you, you kick it off? Kick it off. Just some sci-fi stuff that could, to continue with the sci-fi. Um, I went back to Lost in Space. On Netflix. On Netflix because I'd said I was out for a while. Yeah. Um, we talked about it. I love sci-fi. I'll eat anything up that's sci-fi. But it is definitely focused on the family. And you have a family. I don't. So I don't understand that world. But also, it's <laughs> as I went back to it, it's not just the family stuff. It is kind of a drama first. Oh, yeah. Almost. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know, it really spends a lot of time on scenes and characters talking about their thoughts and their fears and stuff. And so th- that's there. But I got to uh, see uh, at some point that uh, one of my favorite actresses, Parker Posey's in it. And I forgot that she was in it. Yeah. And she's so good. Her character's so good. And they do ramp up the action and stuff like that. And um, I won't say any spoiler stuff, but the beginning that lasts for like the first two or three episodes it's kind of like oppressive environment, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is gone at some point. Yep. And so it kind of changes what the show's kind of like after that. Um, so I'm just like, I'm back in. I think I'm back in. Um, I think it's a, it spends a little bit too long on some scenes that are drama, I think. But at the at the end of the day, it's just done really well. So I am definitely back in. I'm like watching some of that and then playing some chorus. Right on. Right on. How? What season um, are you in right now? Season one still? Just season one, yeah. All right. I know there's three seasons, jeez. Yeah, I just finished, we just finished it, like, I want to say last week or the week before. We watched all three seasons. Uh, man, I love that show so much. Lost in Space is so great. Parker Posey fucking kills it in that show. She's so yeah. good. Not only is She's she really just good. generally good, but she she is channeling the original Dr. Smith from the 60s Lost in Space, like, in a fresh new way. She captures mm. his vibe, like, all the way, and she just really goes back and forth between being this really, like, twisted evil fucked up dark person to somebody who actually is really nice and helpful and that swing feels legitimate um when they get into her backstory a little bit like it all kind of makes sense and who she is as a person really comes full circle i think she did a tremendous job but i I think everybody in the cast is awesome um i think um i mean basically everything that happens is really cool i just i was in from start to finish as being a fan of the original uh but even if you don't know the original you can just jump into it and i just i think it just did a great job unfortunately um a little bit of sad news the showrunner who I feel did such a tremendous job on this show actually died. Um, so there were some talks about maybe extending it past uh, episode or season three. It is a three episode arc. So you do get to a, a conclusion for sure. Mm-hmm. They don't leave it hanging, but there was talk of, um, Oh, it was pretty well received. Maybe we'll do like a second, second show or something. But the person who was behind the whole thing died, unfortunately. And I don't know what it would be like without them. I feel like they were so key to how successful the show was. So that's a real, yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Well, they did get three seasons, though. And it, so and it does good. finish, for sure. 
Yeah. So. Well, I'm going to go check it out still. Um, speaking of the sci-fi stuff, so I was, as you know, I played High in Life, yep. and I'm still kind of playing it. Um, I think I don't think I brought this back to the show, but when you go back to the game, um, I did encounter a bug, and it was pretty bad, but the community helped me out, okay, which is great. Good. Um, and so I fixed it. But basically, after I fixed the bug, it's really cool because when you go back to the game, the main character who you talk to all the time, Gene, he's like, oh, so you took care of everything. Cool. Thanks for doing that. Um, you can just keep doing shit if you want, mm, you know, mm. which is like what we all kind of all expect out of games nowadays. But I just like that they, they acknowledged it and it wasn't just like load previous save. Gotcha. You know, that's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then there's just so many collectible things to do. So I bring that up because that's a sci-fi kind of experience. You're running around doing things. Um, I know we're long on the show, but there's actually a movie theater you can unlock, which I'm just about to do. Mm-hmm. This is all post game. And the red letter media. Do you know those guys from YouTube? Uh, I do not, but I've heard of them, but I'm not super familiar okay. with them. Yeah. Just think of, um, basically if you go to the movie theater, there's a, there's full movie in there. I don't know if there's one or two, but there's a whole movie with red letter media guys from YouTube, uh, doing like mystery theater. Oh, wow. Mystery science theater, uh, to the whole movie. I heard that, that Tammy and the T-Rex, the entire movie is in that game. Is that the one? Or is yes, that, that one? is true. That's yes. yeah. That's on TV. Um, anyway, so there's, they, they license a bunch of movies, which is kind of a spoiler, but that's funny. Um, and then, yeah, there's a whole movie theater that you can go to. Um, and so the, along the lines of that, I've been watching more Rick and Morty, even though I think I've seen everything now, but I'm kind of going back. That's got me in a sci-fi mood. And then I went to watch uh, Solar Opposites because I hadn't finished that series, which is also Justin Roiland. Solar so I'm in a sci-fi thing. Man, you are into it. Excellent. All right, cool, yeah. cool. I don't have any... Well, okay, I got one kind of sci-fi related, but I'm going to be pivoting off that in a second. But I will mention, uh, my son and I are kind of watching the original Transformers TV series from the 80s, from like 84, 85, oh, yeah. 86. Uh, we finished season one, and we're into season two now, which is right before Transformers the movie. And it's really interesting. Um, I'm really digging it. It's... Some episodes are better than others for sure, and they have a lot of different writers. And this is kind of from the era before they really figured out you need to have a series Bible, you need to have a showrunner um, to stop like continuity errors and to, you know to keep a storyline going. I mean, at that time when they were making this cartoon, it was always like you didn't have like any guarantee you'd be able to see any of the other episodes. Every episode had to be kind of standalone. But at some point, they did have um, story bridges between episodes, and it was kind of cool. Some of the inconsistencies we found have been pretty howler howler worthy where we're just like oh my god did this guy not see the other episode what the hell like like crazy stuff kind of happens but but at one point um there's a couple writers that we like more than others and these guys are actually kind of pushing it forward at one point in the season two they they take things off of earth and they start having the transformers go into space and it's pretty cool and kind of mind-blowing because they reveal that um, you know, for most of the shows, the Transformers, they're on Earth, they're cars and planes, and they do stuff on Earth, and they're stealing energy and blah, blah, blah. But when they take it back to space, you realize that, like, the Transformers and their planet of Cybertron were just one planet in this giant pantheon of other races. Like, they start introducing, like, just, like, all these other other aliens out in space. Like, it just turns out that Transformers, they're not, like, gods of the universe or anything. They just come right. from a, a mechanical planet. But, like, there's a bunch of other mechanical planets. There's a bunch of other flesh planets. There's a bunch of other stuff out there. And to see the scope of the Transformers universe widen like that it's pretty cool, like pretty cool little trick they did because you get used to just thinking we're going to do all of our adventures on Earth and it's going to be basically the same thing every every time and these episodes aren't really going to go anywhere. But man, they really do 
make an effort to like expand the, the mythology and expand um, the concept of what it means to be in that universe. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. The first episode where it really pulls back, I think, is um, probably it's called The Gambler. It's in season two. And that's when you start to realize, oh, wait a minute. Fuck. There's like a bunch of other dudes out in space. And these Transformers are just like. They're just another another bunch of dudes. Like, there's all these other guys. They're just like people, you know. And yeah. you realize they're not just gods, but they're like just you know one more one more group of folks that you bump into. So it's a pretty exactly. pretty interesting thing. Yeah. Pretty interesting thing. Um. Uh. Okay. Getting off of sci-fi, I watched Blade recently. Did we talk about Blade already? Blade. Um. No. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Blade? The Wesley Snipes Blade pre MCU. Seen it a long time ago. Oh, no. dude, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I saw it in theaters when I think I was in high school or something like that. Um, but yeah, Blade, the vampire hunter, the half vampire from Marvel Comics. This is uh, a movie from before the MCU even existed. Uh, and it was one of the really, really good ones that came out. I hadn't seen it in a million years, but my son knows who Blade is and he wanted to check it out. I'm like, oh, kind of cool to check it out. Uh, man, that movie kicks ass. It's still really good. Really? It's really held up really well. Um, you know, I think it would be very easy to slot this into the MCU, which they're doing. Um, they're replacing. It's not Wesley Snipes. It's Mahersha, Mahershala Ali, I believe, is going to take his place. But, man, you watch Blade, the first one with Wesley Snipes, you're like, that motherfucker is Blade. Like, he's born to play that role. He just fits it so well. Action's fucking awesome. The first uh, opening scene, which is really iconic, of, like, Blade going into an underground vampire club with blood showers on the ceiling fucking phenomenal dude it's like just this crazy like martial arts and killing and guns and blood over the place it's just like bam 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 just like super cool like uh great great movie like it totally holds up it's not cringeworthy at all and if you like if you like marvel stuff and you haven't seen blade do yourself a favor and check out the original wesley snipe stuff before the new stuff comes i'm gonna be very curious to see how it stacks up. I love uh, Mahershala Ali. I think he's a wonderful actor. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I. great stuff. And I'm really looking forward to them bringing Blade back because Blade is a cool uh, character. But fuck, dude, once you see that first Blade, you're like, how can anybody else ever be Blade? Like, it's so crazy. Dude, I'm just surprised that the action and everything like held up over oh, time. Oh, man, so great. Did they not do a lot of CG, I'm guessing? Though, no, right? not at all. It was, like, it was all practical effects, dude. Practical. Yeah, that makes it hold up longer. So cool. Yeah, all right. yeah. I'll, maybe go check it out. Definitely check that out. And I want to give a couple shout outs to some shows I'm watching now. Uh, on Amazon, I'm watching The Outlaws. Have you seen this? Um, I've seen it pop up. I haven't watched it yet. So this is a British show. It's run by Stephen Merchant. And isn't he the one? Is he? Did he work on... Um, what, that game you talked about the recently, no. and Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and... that stuff, that stuff. But did he have any uh, in the? Um, what's that game you just talked about? Just oh, Hello Ladies. By the way, is a great series that no one's watched. Have you ever seen Hello Ladies? I've seen it. I I I know of it. I have not watched it. Oh, he he he's in it. He's a star. He produced that. He's did he have player. anything to do with Stanley Parable or not? Is that a different guy that I'm thinking of? Oh, the, he was a voice in in that I think, or in Portal. Was he in Portal? I can't remember. It was Portal one of Two, those, maybe one of those. Games. I think it was anyway. in Portal Two. And I have seen The Outlaws now that I'm looking at it. Yes, I did. I saw two episodes of it. Okay. Oh, okay. you've seen it. Okay. So basically, yeah. uh, this is um, a bunch of people from different walks of life uh, commit various crimes in England, and then they have to go do community service, and that's how they are brought together. These are people who otherwise would have never met each other. There's like a really famous um, Instagram star. There's like a right-wing businessman. There's like a guy who's like, um, I don't know, like a street kid who's like kind of mess- mixed up with drugs. 
there's a, a smart kid who's going off to college, et cetera, et cetera. A lawyer. There's motherfucking Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken, yes. And man, <laughs> they get they come together, and the basic premise, and this is not a giveaway. I mean, this is in the trailer. They're working at this this old community service thing that they're fixing up as part of their their uh, sentence, and they find this giant bag of money in the ceiling, and so they have to decide what to do with it. But it's not just about that. I mean, it's really about like each character, where they're from how they relate to other people, what their background is, what their view on life is. And they kind of go through each character in a really great way and just really illustrate them really richly. I love it. It's really, really good. Christopher Walken kills in this because he is leaning mm-hmm. so hard into his own Christopher Walkenness. Um, he's at that age where he just, he knows he's a character and he's like, he's just like doing it like to 11, which is great. It's so fucking funny. Um, but everybody else does a great job. I think this show is amazing. Really enjoying it. And it reminds me a lot of uh, Misfits. You ever watch Misfits? Yes. I can't remember it though right So now. basically the same premise with Misfits, except for with Misfits, when people go to community service, a meteor passes overhead and everybody gets superpowers. And so you have the show where everybody in the show is a fuck up. They're dumb or they're criminals or they're stupid or they're, they're really immature and they get these superpowers and it just goes to show that having superpowers does not make you a hero because right. they continue to do really dumb fucking stupid shit even with superpowers. Uh, so basically the Outlaws is like Misfits minus superpowers plus Christopher Walken. Uh, both those shows are great, but I'm really enjoying the Outlaws right now. It's really good. Yeah, I, I didn't finish it. So thanks for reminding me. Uh, I think I watched two episodes and I enjoyed it, but I just didn't finish it. Other stuff came up. Sure, so. sure. The last thing I'm going to say uh, as far as TV, uh, Willow just got rebooted on Disney Plus. There's now oh, a yeah. TV series. Do you have Disney Plus or you don't? Uh, I don't anymore. No. Okay. I just watched the first episode last night and I got to say it was pretty good. I was not sure. I mean, I'm a big fan of the original Willow movie. Do you like the original Willow yeah, who would that? Uh, who's his co-star? I forget. It was Warwick Famous Davis, person. and it was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I did like it mainly probably because I love Val. Um, old school movies, Val. But yeah. Oh sure, he was huge back in the '90s or whatever. So uh, this this is a, a direct series continuation. They pick up after the end of the movie, and all the same characters come back, and they kind of just you know it's like I don't know 15 years after the end of the first movie, um, but they just they continue the story, and the first episode is great. They establish a whole new cast. I think the new cast is really, really fun and exciting. And it's interesting because they kind of update it to where some of the dialogue feels a little bit like modern dialogue. Like they're not all talking like in old English or whatever, which kind mm-hmm. of threw me because some of the older characters are talking in old English ish, uh, you know, the and thou kind of stuff. And then the, the younger kids are kind of like, yeah, whatever, mom. And they're kind of like it was we- it was weird at first. But like mm-hmm. as the series went on, I'm like, no, this actually works like this makes sense. It fits right. And like it was good combat was really good really exciting and they like immediately like loop in the story threads from the movie uh very great i actually can't wait to get back to it we all had a great time with it yesterday and i'm very excited um the series is i believe one of those uh weekly drops which i hate i wish it was all available now but we're gonna watch the whole thing and so far very very cool cool and also um i will check it out probably and then also what i said last episode which i just yelled at the end and i'm sure no one heard it maybe two people but for all mankind is what I was yelling at the end of last episode. And what episode. tell us about the show again? So it's on Apple TV Plus okay. or whatever. Um, and it's a drama um, about basically alternate timeline, alternate reality, similar to The Man in the High Castle, which okay. I don't think you watched. No, I know of but it, but I haven't watched it yet. The concept of like, okay, so the space race was going on at some point. First person to get to the moon, et cetera. Um, in our timeline, we got there first. In the show timeline, the Russians got there first. Okay. Which could have happened. Very, 
Yeah, could have happened. Very, very cool uh, scene, by the way. The whole bar. Um, this is a spoiler, but whatever. You, this will make you want to watch the show. It's three seasons, by the way. Um, the whole bar is like watching TV. And as we remember, you know, they were all excited, you know, because the man's going to be on the moon or whatever yeah. and freaking out. But they see the man get on the moon and everybody in the bar is bummed out. And then all of a sudden you learn it because it's because the, the Russians. Russians. Gotcha. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that like fucked in my head so hard. But that's what this show does. It's like it basically continues the space race like it never stopped because they just keep trying to one up each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really about similar to Lost in Space where it is a lot about it being a drama first and exploring like the lives of these people and these astronauts and, you know, the families around it. Um, but also like the politics and like the time period because it's like, you know, 70s, 80s or whatever. Uh, well, actually 60s, 70s. Um, and so, yeah, it's just really fascinating. And to see, I kind of jumped ahead and spoiled myself a little bit, but it made me want to watch it is that each season's kind of far, farther in the future, which is cool, right? Like it means like you're going to follow this almost like in an anthology in a way. Gosh, interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Which made me want to watch it more because you go, this is the era where they're trying to, you know, you know, do get to the moon first or whatever. Then there's another era, which I won't spoil. And then there's another era. So it's very fascinating. I mean, like totally hook, line and sinker for me. Interesting. For all mankind is what you said? For all mankind on Apple TV. Um, and then before we go, I have one last thing. I think you want to chime in. Is this about social, have, social media? Social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we'll run out of breath. Is, um, yeah, with Twitter and stuff like that, I'm obviously... I, I posted a tweet, but I've been wanting to leave for a while. I joined when it was created in 2007 or something, 2008. Um, I've been using it forever. I did love what it did in the beginning when I used it, especially in San Francisco. It was a perfect networking tool. I used it probably in a very niche way, but I met people like re- in real life sure. from Twitter, right? Like it wasn't a fantasy world of like fans and followers oh, sure. like oh, i've done that too for yeah for sure uh-huh. right yeah. yeah but it was like that was my main reason to use it like i followed people that i wanted to work with i then ended up working with them uh i would dm them through it would just be another email you know like dms or email anyways and so then i would go to a networking event and like ask people for the twitter and we'd talk like it would actually be a connection yeah point. yeah Another, I just have to say this because I'm not going to say anywhere else. Another thing that was really great, similar to early YouTube, is that when you did post things like content, everybody and anybody could see them. There wasn't these algorithm homepages. Right, uh, right, if right. you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Twitter and go to the top and look for see latest tweets. Um, they turn that off. So normally it's used to be just show you what people yes, tweet. Which sucks. That's, that's the only thing anybody ever wants is latest tweets, dude. Right, but they defaulted to a homepage, right? Um, Again, so these are all these things that happen over time before Elon even came into the picture. So I've I've found very, very little utility um, besides talking with people here and there. When you post content as a content creator like me, it goes into a void. And it's it's really hard for anybody to see anything. And it's only going to get weirder and weirder as the censorship and this weird stuff comes down the pipe with Elon. We're we're sliding down real quickly. Very, very quickly. And also, it's already here, in my opinion, if you're a content creator. So long story short, that's the reason why I'm leaving. um, Leaving Twitter. uh, Leaving Twitter. Uh, I'm just leaving. I'm going to Mars. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to delete the account for real this time. And so if I ever do come back to it and it feels like a cool, interesting place again, then I'll make a new account. Sure. I I was like, 
There's no harm in making a new account. Who cares? Right, like, right. Someone can take Onawa and be like, I'm now Onawa. Who cares? I don't, you're not. You know, I, that's not a, a, a fear for me. Um, and then, yeah, like to your point, and we were talking about this, is like what other social platforms do I want to try to use? Um, I'm obviously on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram where I'm creating my content. Um, but I did go to Mastodon. It, it is obviously not going to take off like a Twitter because it is a small walled garden setup where like discord has a many, many different discords. Yeah. You, you join a bunch of different discords. The same thing as Mastodon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did find one and I'll take a breath here in a minute, but I did find one a few days ago, joined it, met the creator of it because it's small enough. The owner right? of the server that you're on, the owner of the server. And last night we were like testing video together. Like I was like his first video test, mm, you know? Mm. So I was like uploading my, my sketches and he was like, okay, I, I, I maxed up the upload speed or no, try it again, try it again. So we just kept like, you know, trial and erroring the videos. Um, so it's kind of fun to just, I joined only because it was a server about positivity. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, no, no hate, no negativity here. We're just going to chill out. The world's a too crazy place already. And it's been that like, it's been cool. You know, it's been relaxed and, and chill. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat and it's really been intensifying the last couple of days. Um, Elon Musk, number one, fuck that guy to infinity, complete piece of shit. Uh, he's ruining something that the entire world uses. And I feel like, uh, I mean, whatever, we're not going to debate the, the ethics of this or whatever he's, he's doing it and it's happening. So there's nothing really more to say about it. But, um, you know, as someone like you, I joined Twitter in 2008. So I've been on it for like what, 14 years. I've met mm-hmm. so many people, made so many connections, some of them in real life, some of them just virtually, um, tons of friends, tons of, you know, professional stuff. I've got a lot of gigs through Twitter. I've people know me through Twitter. I mean, it's just been such an integral part of life as far as news and updates on things, COVID. I mean, just everything, you know, the, the economy, uh, world, global warming stuff. I mean, I go to Twitter for basically everything. Um, so it's really, um, it's, it's really devastating to see that this one fucking shithead is, is destroying something that I feel like the world ultimately benefits from. I know it's got problems. It's not perfect. And, you know, nothing is perfect these days. But I feel ultimately it was a net positive, And now that's not really true anymore. So I, I don't know what to do. I keep looking around for other places. I'm on Instagram, but it's a very different experience on Instagram. Uh, I, I started a, a Mastodon, but I don't want to be in the walled garden. That's not really what I'm looking for. It doesn't. It, that's not what I'm here for. Um, so it doesn't quite serve me. And plus, Mastodon, fuck off, dude. Like, I had to reset my password. It takes them, not even kidding, literally days to get a password reset. I, I asked for a password reset two days ago. Still haven't gotten it. It's a, it's a joke. Um, so that's okay. Well, let's let's put an asterisk to that because that's uh, your your personal experience may subject to change. Sure. Because I didn't have that, and also it is based on sometimes servers because some servers right now are getting slammed. Sure, sure, sure. Because of the Twitter exit, so I would just say that that will probably change. And that'll very, probably very change. Fast. I mean, it's it's happening yeah. right now. This is just a, a quick snapshot. But but regardless, I don't think that that structure of Mastodon is what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I went to Hive and Hive seemed pretty cool, but then people were saying. There was potential um, data issues. I think they went down and maybe fixed it, but I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm playing that one really cautiously. I went on co-host. I like co-host a lot. Uh, co-host. I do too. I'm on there, by the I way. Like I like co-host a lot, it, but yeah. there's not many people on it, and so it's not super active, which is kind of a bummer. Um, you know, it needs to get some momentum going. I'm on it, but I'm not posting, and nobody's posting, so no, no one else is posting, and so... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But the other thing that I'm going to mention really quickly before we go 
is I was talking to people this morning and I'm like, okay, so like all the people that left Twitter, everybody who used to be there who didn't want to stick around for Elon Musk's fucking horseshit, where did those people go? And I don't know where all of them went to, but some of them are are actually getting a new thing off the ground. It's called Spill. Um, it's not up yet. It's coming up in the next six to eight weeks, but they are letting people reserve their screen names right now or their handles. So you can go and check it out. Spill is being created by two uh, black tech people who left Twitter and they say it's going to be real positive. It's going to be about conversation. Um, they're going to get something Twitter-like off the ground, but obviously without all the Musk bullshit in it. So I don't know what the final form is going to be, but I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Maybe this will be it. Who knows? But I already did reserve my name on Spill. You can do it now yourself as well. Um, you just go to their website. Just Google it. S-P-I-L-L. Um, there's not much up there, but you can reserve whatever name you want. And when they get it off the ground, they'll let you know. And maybe maybe that'll be the one. Who knows? Yeah, I just went there right now to, to reserve my name. But I, I'll say this. There's a lot of things I want to say real quick. One is... And asterisk next to the Elon thing, obviously I don't like anything he's doing. And I never really um, thought he was – he's almost similar to Trump in the way of like he just has some money and then tries to finagle. Yeah, he's just a shithead with a bunch he's of He's like money. a finangler, yeah. So, okay, so fuck that thing. But before he even showed up, the thing that I told you is like for four or five years I haven't enjoyed Twitter really. Like, yes, it happens to be the default place, but that could have been any company, right? Like, like it's like a, a – Google or something, right? It's like, um, yeah, everybody goes there for the news or something. But the idea of the homepage, the idea of content being suppressed, the idea of, um, you know, connections just being more difficult and just weird shit, that's already, it's just basically like they didn't want to update it, like the edit button and all that stuff like that. It's just been like, I don't know, I just feel like it's been on autopilot for so long that it's felt like, yeah, the utility was kind of lost. But, um, I also say any new site's going to struggle because it's just like how it is. Like you've got to get the ball rolling yeah. like with co-hosts or anything else. Tough, yeah. It's just tough. Um, but the other thing I'm going to say is that, one, I might start my own Mastodon server, which is interesting. Um, well, if you do, let me know. I'll join it. I'll let you know. Because, again, you'd only want to do that for the thing that you said you wouldn't want it for, which is the walled garden. So I'm thinking about doing a content creator one. Mm-hmm. Because that would make sense, and that's like a very specific thing. Sure. Um, but the other thing I wanted to bring up before we go is that you're like, well, you know, you, you, well, lots of times we use Twitter, and I did too, for like the information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, what's going on right now? Sure. What's going on? Sure. Weirdly enough, I went. I keep going into. I use Microsoft Edge browser. I know I'm weird. I do. And it, the homepage just kept getting better and better, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then I just kept going there. To, to click into things instead of going to other places. Like my homepage is customizable. I know this might not sound, this might sound 90s and archaic, but I like this. Do you have Edge, by the way, or no? I don't even know if I do. I, I mean, I think I've used it at some point. It's but the it's... new IE, basically, right? It's the new Inner Explorer. Sure, sure. It's, it's their browser. Anyways, the homepage is all these little tiles and it's customizable. So I have keywords in there. So like indie games, RPGs, uh, whatever. And so my homepage is kind of my new Twitter is what I'm trying to say. Just for See information. Just like, for information. For you, yeah, the information. Yeah. yeah. Like, because if I thought the connection stuff wasn't really working for me for a long time, which it hasn't, then the the quick kind of look at what the world's going on and the things that I'm interested in, quantum physics or whatever, it that I'm using the web page for that now. I mean, so, it makes sense. You know, my kid 
he it's so funny because he like he'll do i don't know if he uses edge or what but he gets on maybe it's google news or something he'll get on his phone in the morning and he'll be like he'll just like read the news stories and he'll fill me on some stuff that i don't know about which is really funny and it kind of sounds like basically what you're describing here except for just you know not an edge but the same kind of thing of going to a different place for news sources so i mean maybe that's what we got to do i don't know we got to do something i can't be living in the dark over here so after well, that's what i'm saying out. i didn't want to live in the dark but like when i looked at my homepage, i was like and then i went back over to twitter for a minute i was like oh yeah like Anything that's trending is going to be trending many places, right? Twitter doesn't have a foothold on information, sure, sure. right? So I think that's our biggest thing is we put too much reliance on that platform for too long. And so this is my claim to fame, or not claim to fame, my claim to arms or call, to, call arms. to arms. Yes, I can't talk this episode. Is that people go back to web pages, like get information. And also, by the way, what's interesting about this web page thing, I'm not just saying for edge for any web page you know like that has like pick a bunch of topics and we'll show it to you like customizing things right um i don't know i'm i'm kind of back into my web page carlos is into web pages carlos is in web pages all, all right. right this is the longest episode longest ever. episode ever okay good all right that is a show we covered a lot of topics covered a lot of games uh next maybe next week game of the year maybe not i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll talk yeah, about it we'll anyway see. that's a show folks that's a show as always uh, we'd love to get your questions and comments. And again, this is your final uh, final chance to get your game of the year stuff in, your top three and your one disappointment. Hit us up, silvideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at silvideogames. Uh, we're on Instagram at silvideogamespodcast. You can hit us up individually. Carlos, uh, where are we shooting your traffic this week? No longer Twitter after this, so forget about that Okay, thing. forget that. Um, and yeah, just, you know, just come talk to me on TikTok. I mean, that's obviously my main thing, Carl Stradella. Also on YouTube, Carl Sardella. All right. As for me, I'm on Twitter for the moment, but boy, things are getting pretty dire over there. I don't know how long that's going to be good, uh, but you can find me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm also on co-host right now, even though it's kind of slow over there. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. Uh, so check me out on Instagram. Check me out on co-host, and you can still find me on Twitter. You can also just find us here, email me, go to gamecritics.com, whatever. Anyway, we'll be around, and that's going to do it for episode 315. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast, and we'll, we'll see you, see next, you week. next week. We'll get there. We just got to find the timing, and we'll I think we're, we're better. We're better. All right. Bye.